recording. Record. So I believe the lore accurate where we left off last last time was Owlin running towards Riley, running down the Oh yes, uh, I think pathways. I think you're right. Carrying yeah. carrying the corpse, right? You were carrying Dew and yeah. running off towards Riley. Yeah. Yep. So um, what's uh Give give me like uh the spark notes, but you've also had a little to drink. Do Bumblefoot. We've freed Do Bumblefoot, but Do Bumblefoot is dead. Okay. Yeah. We survived and we failed. That's why they had a little to drink before they gave you the recap. That sounds yeah, about so like successfully. Say, I wouldn't say we I don't know. That sounds like How my would life. you define it as a success? Spoken like a true necromancer. <laughs> I mean, like, our mission was successful. No, the mission was to rescue Dubumblefoot, not to collect the corpse. We didn't know she was dead when we, hey. we started the mission. What's that corpse's name? Dubumblefoot. And are they imprisoned anymore? No. <laughs> Would you consider the corpse free of shacklement? Yes. Shacklement? Yes. Then I believe we have completed our mission. Ernest Shacklement was the captain of the ship that got uh, wrecked in the Arctic. So, wow. what's he? Josh. The Shacklement is Jebediah Peppermint's favorite comic from the land of. <laughs> Josh is me. You got you got me. What's up? We we uh, talked about something, and is that what happened to Riley before the last stream? <laughs> when? <laughs> like, when did we talk know. about it? We, we we talked about it before last stream. Like, how do we? How, oh, how do we? Yes, um, Riley stayed behind to fight the undead remember so you were you were at like right. a tunnel that led to nowhere there were a bunch of undead corpses so everyone starts off doing a cool fight but in the end riley stays behind and the tinkali stayed with her to take care of the undead so they basically like forced a path through and told everyone like go on we'll stop these you know this mook swarm um, okay and riley and the tinkali stayed back to fight so this session we're just reconnecting the group post that fight all right. Do you want me to like take some spell slots or something? I believe my plan was to deal with them. Actually, is just a a clerical thing. But you're just gonna turn undead, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just that is just a. Do that. Okay. Turn undead's not a spell slot. That's yeah. A, that's a, a no. Classic it's not. Called. Yeah. It's a cl uh, divine uh, intervention. Divine. No. It's a feature. It's a yeah. Bug. That's that right. It's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> So, I, I'd have to pull up the wording. Channel divinity. There we go. Yes. Hey. Brought to you by 5e tools slash classes. That, that's where I was going. I just dot HTML. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I always keep a browser open with 5e tools and my monk class and my subclass picked so I can just like, yep, I do the scroll same thing. through and see what's what. It's super hander. Mm -hmm. Super hander. Super hander. That's my, my uh, superhero name. That's a oh. good one. It is nine so, chills. So I'm going to grab some ice in my yep. mug. I'm going to go live to the loading screens in a second here. I'm just getting my stuff set back up after the restart. Channel divinity. I can use twice at this level. Do 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 do. 
Sorry, I have a song stuck in my head from a video I edited. That's okay. It's these not things, okay. These things, they happen. It's it is okay. funny scrolling through art lists trying to find tracks for certain things, and often I'll like listen to something and be like, oh, I know Josh has used that for a thing. Oh, I know Reliance used that for a thing. And <laughs> you just kind of keep scrolling. It's getting harder and harder to find songs I haven't vetted already on art list. Um, yeah. I actually just bought another service um, to like add on top of it. I bought Musicbed for a year. Yep. And I'm going to try and go to Musicbed first for the next year to let Artlist catch up with like yep. new, yep. new music. Um, Musicbed is pretty popular right now. Man, their they're, um, songs with lyrics are killer. Like oh. they're, all their artists are really, really talented. So when I need something where the lyrics matter too, I'm like, that's where I go. Gotcha. Uh, okay, I'm going live to the loading screens. New now. battle song. Are you saying I'm live just right Ken. Now? <laughs> else I'll oh. be a ten. Is uh, by the did way, you watch Barbie? Uh, wash. What did you I think? Did. Uh, I have thoughts and feelings about it. It was super fun. Yeah, it's very um, funny. Yeah, I don't know. It was really fun. Nice. I, w I wanted to ask a question. Um. I, I know the stream probably can't see it right now, but like, how how's the camera angle and the lighting right now? Looks good. To me. Yeah, it looks good to me. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you're I think you're a little Dutch. The floorboard <laughs> is up at a weird angle, so uh, you need to turn right, so your entire setup should... like forty five degrees to the right. Here, wait, 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 I got you. I, I, oh wait. Uh... Oh, not you went the other way. Now it's double Dutch. <laughs> now it's double Dutch. No, I don't Wash know. Wash is kidding this entire Wash was just time. memeing with no, you. You were right I, to start with. Guys, this is the bit. Like I was <laughs> I was yes handing. Yeah, but Wash <laughs> is Dutch. Down. Wash is Dutch. Wash yes is handed. so Dutch. <laughs> I wanted the yes and. Right, here we go. <laughs> just trying Josh, it. Josh, does this fix it? Yeah, that's so much better. Wow. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I don't know. I I kind of liked the uh the artistic flair. Yeah, that's fine. Now yeah, you, you and Wash uh, you look like you're falling towards shadow. each other for an anime meet cute. Use the shadow and turn that one straight. You're like gonna, you know, you gotta trip turn into each other and drop straight. all your papers or whatever. Yeah. Probably Wash will like spill a little paint can. Okay, little, like, okay, I got you. A little paint bottle. That's your your meet Nani? cute. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now you're now you're uh, not Dutch mountain time. Yeah. What? <laughs> I believe you. Well, this was this was fascinating. Yeah, especially because it's a bit that the stream cannot oh, chat see. Chat wants us to turn on the camera so they can judge. That's fine. Whatever. Here's. <laughs> what do you think? Right, here you Chad? go. How Here's the pose. Who oh, no, wore, other way, other way, who wore it better? Being Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Back to back. Oh, no. <laughs> Am I doing it right? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Jake is keeping. Jake's going for the shaky cam look. This is like the Hunger Games <laughs> shaky cam look. <laughs> Jake is upside down. Now. There you go, Jake. That's that's ideal. Jake is a uh, Dutch Universal Greenwich time. <laughs> I should I should probably what? move the camera back. Uh, Jake, you uh, should stay like that for the night. Okay. Why not? This was <laughs> all the, the blood's gonna rush to my head, angle, but right? it'll be fine. You'll be fine. Jake said, "Me, you're like, no, sit 
hear a story all about how my life got flipped turned upside down. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. This this was the original camera angle, right? I don't know. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so you're Yo, saying what's I this? should do like... Oh, is this a new Pokemon that's being advertised to me on Twitch right now? Ooh. A Pokemon? Yo. There's a new Pokemon game? Yeah, I think you it's a new Pokemon a anime. Gamer, by the way, he says Pokemon. Pokemon? Pokemon. I've played Pokemon. <laughs> I, I play the Pokemains. <laughs> that's a streamer. <laughs> no, Pokemon is a streamer. Oh. Oh. I always thought Pokemon was the streamer. Pokemon. No, no, you're thinking of got to uh, catch them poke. all. all. Oh. It's, a, it's a it's a dish. Oh. Enunciation. I choose you. Are you sure you're not talking about Pocky? <laughs> no, mm. no, no. That that's that's like a slang poke for sticks. pocket. Like yo, you, can, can you pull your phone out of your pocky? Um. I think I'm on LSD. <laughs> Uh, you know, when you go up to the metal detector and they're like, we need your phone, keys, wallet out of your pocky. Hmm. What? It's called, it's called that because it's where you keep your keys, you know, your pocky. Yeah, pocky. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is it weird that even though I more traditional to refer to the pocket that you would normally put your keys in, which is your right front pocket. That sounds like Australian slang. It does actually. (laughs) Anyways. I think that bit's come to a close. I can't think of anywhere else to take it. I was like, where can we go next? There's nowhere to go. Like, we all yes and nobody and. Looks down at Google Maps. It's like, turn left. Looks up. It's a cement wall. <laughs> oh. What did what did the the fish say when it hit, hit the cement wall? It said, Josh needs one more caffeine. I'll be back. Damn. What does the, Get it? What does the fish say? I do. Damn. Because... Damn. He really hates that he hit a wall. Oh, I get it. Damn. Yeah. It Damn. Says, gosh darn it all to heck. <laughs> gosh darn it all to heck. <laughs> darn. Josh Garnet. Josh Garnet. Uh, what did the farmer say when, when he hit a wall? What? Barn. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I like how you're. <laughs> you still learn. You still. Lie. How can you? How do you tell if a if a joke is a dad joke? How? How? When the punchline becomes apparent. A toasted marshmallow scented candle, and then left it unattended on the counter, so I stole it. An unattended candle. I mean, it's like we're in the house, but that could start oh, a fire. I thought you literally just snuck an unattended toasted marshmallow off of your counter, and you were like hoarding it like Gollum. Oh, like it, like, like it, just a marshmallow. Like she toasted yeah, like a, marshmallow, a toasted marshmallow, set it on yes. the counter to come back um, to later. Thumbs up. Wait, <laughs> I got another one. Uh, what, what did the grandma say when uh, she got buried from the contents of her closet? What, what? yarn? Because <laughs> she, she, it's a grandma so stereotypically yeah, they knit and then her closet's yeah. full of yarn. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification on that one. I was really confused yeah, until really, you explained yeah, it. I really, I, I get it a lot better. The explanation for me. made it even funnier. It yep, was the exactly. explanation for me. <laughs> what do you call a donkey with three legs? What? 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 A wonky. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one that, that he was afraid was like? 
was like too bad for work. That this is the ideal environment for that stream. <laughs> for that oh, no. There, she has a coworker who is like the most tame G-rated human you've ever met. Who is like, I have a joke, but I can't type it in the work chat because it's not safe for work. <laughs> so she, he like hyped up this joke all day and then told her on the way to the car or something. What? What's the? Now I'm gonna get it wrong. <laughs> um. So a man goes to see his psychiatrist um, and he isn't wearing any clothes. He's just wrapped in cellophane. Um, and, you know, he walks in and the psychiatrist looks at him and he goes, sir, I can clearly see your nuts. <laughs> you. A, that joke's not safe for work you have to see you have to wait until you're in the parking lot for that one you don't want that in your oh, chat no. history uh, I, I can, i'm imagining now hr calls you up and they're like we've had um some complaints from it <laughs> <laughs> uh, looked through your chat logs um and your im messaging and we've noticed clearly some not inappropriate work behavior uh that was clearly not work um approved uh or related um you're gonna have to explain this one to us <laughs> please explain the punchline to us yeah 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 what no, do you do yeah. with a dog with two legs that was the punchline <laughs> you take him for a drag <laughs> Oh no. oh no! I'm sorry. I'm I'm laughing at something my dog just did. Um, was it drag? No, it wasn't drag. Um, we we there were, had there trouble. Were branching paths to that. Lupin, yeah, to that no, joke. I, I was thinking them all. I was thinking them all. Lupin has had trouble today, um, <clears throat> relieving himself of his heavier possessions, and. Julia just won. He's done the deed and now he's got the zoomies. He's just flying around the backyard like I'm so much lighter now. <laughs> oh no. Dogs That's, are great, know, man. I understand that. After I've like done the deed, as you said. Do you I also like get the zoomies? I get yeah. the zoomies after doing the deed. <laughs> Who does you know out of context? Who does we need to start playing D D before this goes off? I know I need to add that to further. our quote bot. And then I, can, <laughs> I, I can't even I've see the time right the now. Deed. Like I too, I too get often the get the D. <laughs> there we go. That also has branching pathways. <laughs> Let's, uh, no, I don't, I don't even have my, my music playing bot isn't working, so I can't even like try and bring us back in by setting the tone with some like adventure D and D music. We're just we're just gonna make like, the the hard left turn. The neighbors are like, who's doing laps? <laughs> they look outside in my yard. It's Cleo. <laughs> Don't worry, I've I've come armed. The camera whip pans over to the door. Lupin's like really confused, head turned sideways. Mm. Hmm. You're right. Maybe we should we should probably oh, just play D and D. Face yeah. You face. probably shouldn't. Good talk, everyone. Yeah, this has been a PSA. <laughs> we don't know what's it about. Yeah, I say, like, what was it announcing, D &D and how was it a public service? I, it's PSFW. Uh, it's 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 given to the public. We did a service to the public, um, wow. and and we announced that we're live on Twitch. So oh, that's true. We did do that, girl. It's in the game. 
<laughs> what? PSA. It's in the game. I do not know why that was as funny as I found. <laughs> it's it's right in the pocket of being like it's a three syllable sequence of like things that cleo said and so for some reason it's in the game felt right afterwards but because it's so different it's not like initials in a word it's just like (laughs) you just you just said it's in the game and for some reason wash and i broke okay alan wadrier okay yeah just bring it in good luck uh, this one's called Tonal Whiplash, as Jake once said. Yep. Alan Woodrear, you are sprinting down the uh, completely dark um, passageway, the tunnel between the city of Nowood and Geyser Falls. At the end of the last session, you, Radford, and Zopf, not to be confused with Zoth, were able to rescue Du Bumblefoot, only to find that you were rescuing a corpse and not an imprisoned avatar. Do Bumblefoot is dead. And the best you can tell, she's been dead longer than the minute, because like, you were there more than a minute, so you know that Revivify won't work in this circumstance. Uh, you haven't done any forensics. We haven't examined the body for cause of death, anything like that. Um, you arrived, you took it in, you felt bad, you sprinted out of the room. So behind Alan, still in kind of the, the safe zone where Zopf was able to kind of sneakily teleport you away to, is Radford, Zopf, and the corpse of the monk from the Society of the Silver Sky. As you were sprinting, Alan, your footsteps echoing down the tunnel. You don't, there's no light. It's nighttime. Um, it's, you know, you're, you're just running. You have dark vision, right? Your Azamar has, has dark vision. Yep. Yeah. So you, you can see out to a certain extent, but these are long tunnels and you're a couple days into the journey. You're just running back towards Riley. Um, eventually, uh, you hear an echoing set of footsteps, um, more than two. You hear, you know, just kind of four, maybe six footsteps uh, running down the tunnel towards you. Riley, you and the Tinkali warrior have managed to fend off the undead corpses of past adventurers. You've put down this corruption threat. You've turned the undead. You've used your cleric skills to the maximum. And now you are trying to reconnect with your friends. Unfortunately, it's like a windy mess of tunnels down here and they had the map. And so you made a wrong turn. And by the time you and the Tinkali figured it out, it had been a day. And so it's now the second day since you left them, like, you know, made space for them to adventure further in. Um, however, it you, you're on the right course now and you're certain you're heading the right way. Um, Alan and Riley, I would like you to make dexterity saves. <laughs> is this against Our something intimate. I can see or not see? Uh, this is not against something you can see. Okay. Am I carrying toast in my mouth? Am I running towards a corner? Is uh, that what's happening? Yeah, we are running towards a T-junction uh, in uh, the yeah, path uh-huh. here. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is we're in not-see territory. That's right. Alan is in the... the what's happening? What? Okay. Watch us try to make jokes. Okay. Yep. He's. I, hey. We got the Barbie jokes joke. out. Now he's making Oppenheimer jokes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh. Ooh. Uh. Mm, mm. <laughs> so I just <laughs> bought these new dice, and I got a not, four. They're not doing me great. They're not. They're you not got doing a four? great. Yep. Okay. At least I rolled better than you. I got a six. Okay. Uh. Neither of you succeeds, and so I would like 
each of you to roll a D6 of force damage for yourselves as the Tinkali warrior who Riley is, or yeah, who Riley is riding races around the corner of this T junction and smacks right into Owlin, who is running with Dew Bumblefoot. Owlin, you do not drop Dew, but that's probably why you end up taking damage is you kind of twist your body so that you like, you know, you take the hit. Um, so you get, it like kind of runs into your back and you kind of bounce off the wall with your shoulder. Um, but Riley then hit the wall, like, like a car accident. <laughs> yeah. Riley flies off cause there's no seatbelt <laughs> on a scorpion creature. So right. Riley flies off the back of the Tengali and splats on the wall, uh, wings splayed out and you are now reconnected. Ow. Ah, 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 wait, is everyone okay? Riley? No, uh, Owlin? <sighs> Do oh. do Bumblefoot? What what we, happened? We we can't be too late. We we must not be too late. And then Alan just like holds too out late. holds out the body of of Dew in front of Riley, did, like out in his did arms. Did you knock him unconscious? No, what she's it? there's no. Alan gonna, like like gestures to the like pulse and like just. I'm gonna do a, a medical check. Yeah, I don't I don't trust no amateur. <laughs> um <laughs> oof. Uh <laughs> okay. Uh but but I did get 12 if I did my math correctly. Okay. Um do Bumblefoot is dead. Um the the body has scorch marks up and down her arms and legs. Her wings are kind of tattered. Um and her hair, which should have been kind of straw colored, like all the wheatlings, um, has sort of frayed and wilted into like a darker, um, almost like when leaves, you know, turn brown before they fall, where they kind of crinkle in on themselves and that kind of thing. Um, you estimate that she has been dead for probably a couple months. Alan, um, I, I don't think I can fix this, Alan. How, how, how long, how long has it been? Um, I, I can't, I can't be exactly sure. I mean, there's a lot of variables, uh, but, um, this is, it's a little longer than a minute. Um, it's, it's been a couple months. Alan sinks down to his knees and Um, sets down the body on the on the floor but just puts his head in his hands and uh, just starts muttering the rod i should have we didn't need the rod with it was unnecessary it was an un unnecessary risk it was it took too long i mean i took too long i i might be able to um i i i, I can try maybe something um i'm I don't think I can save her, but maybe someone else can. Um, I I can I can try something. Try 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 anything. I. Uh, what would it take? Like what what? Um, what, what would do, it take this this long after? Do you, Do you happen to have um some some copper? Um, some copper pieces. I know we kind of all, all moved to Wingle Digits. Um, I I don't have any copper pieces. 
uh, well, two months. Um, she's waited two months. We can, we can wait a couple more days. Uh, but I, I might be able to buy some time for someone who can do something about two months. I don't know if there is anybody out there, but, um, maybe we can find out. We can salvage this. We, we, we just need some, we just need some copper pieces. Okay. This is, this is, uh, we, we're, um, figure, we're going to figure this out together, Alan. It's, it's, uh, ooh, um, Josh. Yeah. How, how like decayed, I know you said two months, but like. It's or, not like rot or anything has set in, if that's what you mean. Okay. okay. Like the, I mean, the, she was imprisoned the same way that Garlel and Laredith and the other, you know, so like there, there is evidence of, um, sort of like, you know, the, the, the scars and whatever of like the magical draining, whatever it is that the, the Avalos have been doing, you know? Um, so she's, like I said, she's got like scorch marks up and down her arms and stuff, but it's not like, you know, flesh is falling off her bones or anything like that. Can I roll to see if maybe that had any effect of preserving the body? Um, do you just mean in turn, like actually preserving like, the body or is there, are we aiming for a certain spell to work? No, no. I'm just saying like if, while they were imprisoned, if even after they had died, right? Cause I'm assuming they still had to release them. Right. Um, if perhaps that is helped preserve the body, I don't know. Oh, I see what term. you mean. Like if being imprisoned in the circle has like prevented decay from setting in. Correct. Sure. Um, you don't need to roll for that. Uh, you are pretty confident that, I mean, a body wouldn't have rotted by now, but it would probably like, you know, smell and there would be sort of evidence of whatever. And, and this does not seem that way. Um, the, except for the obvious, like signs of, of time, um, passing where it's like, you know, scar scars turning to scabs, turning to whatever, besides that kind of stuff, like the visual stuff, it doesn't seem like the decay has set in on like a fundamental level. So it does seem like some amount of preservation has happened. Oh, oh, I, um, I actually have a great idea, Alan. Um, uh, maybe, uh, we can, uh, go back to the undead. Um, and, and maybe, uh, I mean, there are, their previous adventurers from what we could see, maybe, maybe they had old currency on them. Yes. Yes. That I'm, I'm sorry. And Alan will kind of slowly get to his feet. I'm, um, let me look at my map. Um, I'm, I'm going to, if it's okay with you, Josh, I would assume that Riley's been here, uh, mapping every single wrong turn they've taken to get to this point. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, if we, if we head straight back, we might be able to buy some time. Um, y oh, you know what? Uh, okay. 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 We can figure this out. Um, now traditionally it would be copper, but maybe it might recognize other things. Uh, I'm going to take two wings. Okay. Um, out of my pocket, I'm going to place one over each eye. Uh, of do Bumblefoot here. I'm going to pull out a, a pinch of salt and I'm going to cast gentle repose. 
to see if that at all can help. Uh, from what I understand, it just helps like protect it from decay. Okay. The yeah, um, target is protected from decay and cannot become undead. Um, and also effectively extends the time limit on raising the target from the dead since days spent under the influence of this spell don't count against the time limit of spells such as raise dead. Got it. Um, so it's ten days. Okay. So you you cast Gentle Repose, and as far as you can tell, the spell works. Um, it does seem to take effect, even though you used um, Wingle Digits instead of um, Copper Pieces. Um, you're not totally certain why, but it seems to have worked fine. Um, okay. And um, as you do that, just as you finish the spell and you're confident that it worked, the Tinkali warrior who's just been kind of watching everyone's backs suddenly holds up a fist to like get everyone's attention and you know, and is like, do you, do you feel that? Do you feel it? Something's changing. And then you all start to feel the ground begin to shake. We cut back to, um, to Zopf and Radford who are sitting back in the room, um, with the monk, from the Society of the Silver Sky, what have you two been doing for you know fifteen-ish minutes, maybe maybe thirty minutes? <clears throat> Probably just talking. Probably just talking. So, yeah, yeah, just paying my paying my last respects to the monk. I don't think my plan was to stay there for too much longer. So, if we gather the rest of our stuff, we might scrub off the uh, teleportation circle here and kind of cover our tracks. You think that's a good idea? So, to leaving this behind. Um, yeah, definitely, uh, we should erase it. Okay. And Zop will start, like, scratching. Sure, so maybe yes, that's same. what you've been doing, is you've been scratching out the circle, making sure there's no trace that you, you did magic here. And just as you kind of finish that up, you feel the same thing. You start to feel a tremor in the ground, a rumble. Um, I'm going to roll three tension die, and we're going to see if the tunnel survives the earthquake. Uh, chat has changed the weather on us. So, here's the first one. Thanks, chat. Thanks thanks for the earthquake while we're underground. Appreciate that. Oh. All right. Uh, the, the ground begins shaking, and both sets of you hear the sound of a cave-in. You know, the rock ceiling falling or the stone ceiling falling in the tunnel. It doesn't land on either set of you, but um, Radford and Zop, it is clearly in the direction that Owlin ran, and... Owlin, it is clearly in the direction back towards Radford and Zopf. You are now separated from them by this cave-in that has just just happened. Oh, oh Who dear. has the map? You two do. Alan just took off sprinting, so I'm assuming everything that well, would have been in camp is still in camp. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to take a look at the map and see if there's any, uh, I don't know, any obvious Deep paths. Deep yeah. Um... I think we could clear this rubble out, though, if it is a problem. The map doesn't have any obvious paths because it's mostly over land. Like, this tunnel system wasn't mm -hmm. on the map. Um, but you have, like, as you went through it, you obviously mapped the part you've been through. You've traced, so you could retrace your steps, but it doesn't have, like, so the greater tunnel any, system. I don't see any exit points or exit, like, cave entrances on the surface that are nearby outside of hmm. the city or the Kaiser. That's a good point. Let's pull up the map and see. Ooh, look at me with my one brain cell firing on all cylinders. <laughs> so here's our map. Uh, chat, we are... Um, Nobud is here in 39. 
Um, the rest of you guys are at 27. So the, the cave-in is between space 38 and 39 here. And it doesn't look like there are any mapped cave entrances in this area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which again, doesn't mean they don't right. exist. It just means they haven't been found. You're probably right. So let's, let's see if we can at least maybe holler. Maybe we can communicate a little bit or make room for you to squeeze through. Okay. We're going to walk towards the cave. Yep. You get to the cave in easily. Um, are you yelling first or digging first? Yeah. Hello. On the other side of the Hello? cave in, um, you, uh, Riley and Owland, you hear the voices very faintly yelling through from the other side. Owland, <laughs> <laughs> do you hear that? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. And Alan will go up to the cave and try to get us close. And it, are you safe over there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're all right. You guys heard? Yep, we're we we we're as as good as we can be. Um. Okay. Z- yeah, Zomp, are you okay? I'm. I'm fine, sister. Are you okay? Yes. Um. Uh, is your right wing okay? I know sometimes you have issues with it. Oh no, it hasn't been giving me trouble today. Okay. Um. Well, I I would say we're a little bit of a uh, of a jam here um stuck between well a rock and a rock i guess um <laughs> what, what do you uh do, do you guys have another way out do you um, you guys have the map I'm right sure. yeah we have the map yeah, um, we have the map there's no chart in our way out i figured we could just start clearing this or blasting it uh josh yes um, can I look at the dead ends that me and the Tinkali took and see if perhaps um, there was a few where like we could have continued on and might have led somewhere? There's the possibility of looping around, but nothing definitive. You don't have a conclusive way to get over there. Like you can't okay. be confident in it. It's just like, well, we don't know where it ends, so maybe it goes there. Okay. Um, well, we we can try taking a few tunnels, but I, I don't like the idea of just leaving it up to chance. Uh, Josh, how thick, uh, is, Josh, the how thick is the rubble like that collapse? Uh, that there, collapse? It's it's like two or three big chunks of stone. Like, you know, this this part of the tunnel was eroded by water. Um, so it's just like some of the water in the ceiling or some of the, the eroded stone in the ceiling is just like looser or more corrosive as the river faded away from it. So a couple big chunks okay. of that came down. Okay. It could probably be moved. But it, you know, because they're bigger chunks, like certainly your wheatling self is not about to like pick them up and put them down somewhere. You would oh, probably need to break them oh. apart or, you know, find a way I'd to you know, meld with stone or something like that. Alan and Radford well. might be able to give it a shot. Are there gaps we can fly? Uh, actually, for you, that's totally possible. Let's roll. Um, Trevor, roll a percentile die and wash decide heads or tails if i roll heads it has to be higher than 50 if i roll if i flip tails or you know what i mean like wash is going to pick which one is over 50 tails tails okay so it's tails so you need over a 50 i got and all right you do find a gap that you can squeeze through you can't fly through it but you can kind of like inch your way through so you you kind of determine that it's you know maybe five or ten feet thick the the cave in okay okay um, I, do you think maybe, um, if I, if I cast a spell for the plants in the area, the roots might break up 
the rocks for us a bit? Uh, what's the spell? What's the spell? Uh, well, I had learned back at a, you know, trying to make sure none of our fields died, how they cast plant growth. But I'm not sure. I, I don't see anything obvious, and there would have to be a significant root system in order to break these rocks up, I'd presume. Uh, my idea was just Eldritch blasting the rocks until they're small enough to move. I could try it from the other side. As long as we oh, make sure not to, not to hit each other with the Eldritch um, blast, I think that that could work. The root system idea is also creative. And 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 take a break if we if we let me try plant growth first because I I think that's going to be less destabilizing. Um. And then we can try your idea. Okay. Okay. Um, um, unfortunately, plant growth requires there to already be plants in the radius. So you wouldn't like, there aren't any plants currently growing down in this tunnel. So, um, it doesn't cost you. I the, wasn't yeah, sure. And of, I'm yeah. saying you would notice this before you cast it. So it's like, as you're okay. getting ready, you don't waste the spell slot or anything, but you're, you know, you're getting ready to cast and you realize like, shoot, there's no actual roots here. All right. Well, um, I'm not seeing anything for my idea. So, all right. Um, you go first. Um, Alan, uh, let's uh, step aside. Uh, Mr. Tinkali, sir, um, you might want to move aside as well. I will gallantly hold your, your, uh, your, your, um, your, your flank are, covered. And he turns around and he like digs in and he like, <laughs> you know, wields his, um, his little scorpion tail flits into a ready position. And he's just, he's watching the back, you know, he's making sure no one sneaks up on you. Uh, and if Eldritch blast, uh, is not effective for any reason, Alan pulls out the rifle of ice knife and, and he's like, this, this is something I've been itching to try as well. Watch has a hand okay. up. Yes. While they're doing this, Radford's going to walk away. He's not going to be able to punch any rocks. Okay. And he's not a very strong boy. I want to head towards the um, city a little bit. Just st stroll a little bit that way. Okay. Like the whole way to the city, like out of range of your party or like, I guess, what's your goal? Uh, he's, he thinks that this is probably going to take some time. Okay. And so he's going to take a stroll back to the city, like covertly and see if anything is following them there was water that was rising great he wants to just like make sure that nothing's coming up on their flank great um okay so uh while the the twins are working um they get into a pretty good rhythm with eldritch blast and it does look like it's gonna work out but it's probably gonna take about a half an hour uh which i'll roll another tension die for that time and then we'll follow radford while that's happening uh, okay, no extra complications for that time. So Radford, you head back down the tunnel and um, we'll say, you know, you've already done the path before or whatever, so you can probably make this journey pretty quickly. So we'll say you get down there, you have like a couple minutes to look around and you can walk back or you can get down there, spend a long time looking around, but you'll be half an hour away from your party, you know, or 15 minutes away from your party if you need anything. Um, which would you prefer? Um... Mm. Uh, I think he's going to stay a little bit, actually. Roll perception with advantage. Oh, glad I got advantage on that. Um, 18. The water has stopped rising. 
um, remember this this tunnel you're in, mm-hmm. um, it was naturally formed, but at the end it was kind of carved into like a sort of water feed for the town. And so it would drain into a big communal reservoir at the base of the city. Um, the water has stopped rising, not quite even with the end of the tunnel. Um, maybe, you know, a couple feet down, maybe five feet down from the, the edge of the tunnel. So you're kind of, it's almost like you're standing, you know, on like the shelf at the edge of a pool where, you know, the water is kind of lapping up towards you, but it hasn't quite reached that height. Um, you don't see anything in the water. Um, but you, you do have that weird, like something's watching me kind of vibe where it's just like, you feel Mm -hmm. paranoid, but you're not sure if that's like the paranoia of the space or what's going on there. Um, as you look upwards through the city, you do not see any of the shadow creatures. Um, and although down here is pretty dark because it's overgrown, there is still some sun in the sky, you know, it's evening. Um, so the, the sun is kind of making its way down, but it's still high enough that yellow light is coming in. You're not in blue hour, even here in the mountain. So there's a little bit of yellow light kind of reflecting around and illuminating some dust as it swirls. Um, you do see a couple interesting things first, obviously still towering up above you is the scale of stars sticking out over the, the opening. That's interesting just cause it's cool. Um, it's this huge monument that draws the eye, but you also see every now and then, um, it seems like a moat of dust behaves improperly. Um, so we've already said that there's all this standing dust in this area and because it's inside a mountain, it's like, there's not a lot of air current to blow it around. So it's really sitting pretty still. Um, if the, the dust is sitting still or lightly swirled, you should be able to fully track its progress, but instead it almost looks like, um, there, there is dust that's blowing lightly towards something and then it just full stops. Like it almost disappears from your vision. So like you're looking towards, you know, let's say like a, a, a doorway of an old house that's kind of overgrown with, you know, moss or ivy or whatever. And the stuff kind of floats towards it. And then it's like it gets to the doorway and it's almost like it goes in the door. You know what I mean? Like it disappears on the other side of it. Um, or you might be looking towards, you know, there's that big pedestal in the center where their town square was. There's curtains of, of um, whatever overgrowth hanging off of it and dust. It kind of swirls through the curtains, but on the other side, it doesn't emit, uh, it doesn't emit like through the other side of it or whatever. And so it's just like weird behaviors. It's almost like the space is non-Euclidean where it's like one doesn't equal one. Um, and it's kind of weird looking. What you don't see is any villains who are following you or anything like that. Um, you don't hear anything swimming in the water and you take the time to like, you were pretty convinced there was something bad in that water. So you took the time to like, listen for an Aboleth or whatever. You don't see any indication, um, nothing like that. So that's what you see in the, in the space, maybe the first little glimmer of stars, you know, through the, um, the opening at the top of the mountain. Okay. Um, I think he's going to pick up a stone and try to launch it in the direction of where one of these motes of dust have gone away. He suspects there's an illusion there. He suspects there's some sort of like mind game. Uh, he launches the stone, um, and it's, you know, you're, you're a pretty athletic guy. It's a pretty good throw. 
Um, so you get the stone to, um, let's say it's a window, you know, you've got a pretty good angle from, from this tunnel on like maybe the side of some buildings that were near the well. And so you kind of toss it at a window where some plants have overgrown it. Um, you toss it at that window and, um, the stone does not like dissuade an illusion. There's, you know, you don't disbelieve an illusion or anything like that, but the stone does disappear as it passes through the window. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, he's going to head back to the other guys. Okay. Uh, Radford arrives back just as the last little bits of rubble are cleared. So Riley and Zopf, you find yourselves both readying an Eldritch Blast, looking right into each other's eyes. So I think Cleo's muted. (laughs) That's true. These things happen. Um, Whoa. (laughs) Um, okay. That was, uh, good, good job, brother. You too, sister. I know, Okay. Um, I take back my compliment. You don't have to out me like that. <laughs> um, right. So, uh, where, where are we going then? Well, back to the city. I, I'm not sure whether the best route is necessarily back to the city however i have been thinking city while while you two yes the the city of nowood which is where we just were um you, oh so you two you made it there yeah oh yes yes uh we we made it i well i'm sorry it's i'm yes I guess it makes we made sense as you have to yes we you. made it we made it to the city um and we encountered some resistance and there was in fact rising waters at the bottom of the city and i'm not sure what the result of that will be um and i don't see radford currently so i believe that that may be what radford is off to investigating Radford's actually just strolled back up oh yes radford, radford. hey there goofballs and radford's what like packing find? some cloth find? into like the wound in his chest from the uh the <laughs> spear chain thing um <clears throat> something something fishy going on that wasn't a pun but uh I'm not I'm not 100% sure. Maybe some sort of illusion or some dimensional rift things that are moving around and they're disappearing when they cross certain thresholds. Hmm. Uh, oh, pieces of dust that float around and they vanish and I threw a rock at one of them and it just kind of whooped away. Interesting. Um, my um, current theory I got a thought a little bit on the way back is uh, you guys were talking about the plane of limbo. And if there was an abolith there, either it's doing some serious mind stuff that I just wasn't able to perceive, or maybe that's some sort of gateway there that they were summoning the uh, shadow creatures. Perhaps that, that, or yeah, any of those explanation could be, any of those explanations could be. I got a really bad vibe. I, I agree. Like something was watching me. Hmm. Um, okay. Uh, do we, do we perhaps want to check it out? Well, look into it. What I was about to propose, um, while you were clearing away the rubble, which thank you for that very much, by the way. Um, I, I think it may be best to investigate the scale of stars as do Bumblefoot, is or 
was an avatar of Zanir, and the scale of stars is the most important artifact in Zanir's history. Um, perhaps right. it may be best to take Dew there and see if perhaps there is some sort of magical effect that she could be, uh, I'm not sure, recharged by or something. Um, I think it's worth investigation at least um but i'm as not a, sure whether the best route reminder to the yes. to the players also um at the end of the, you can do whatever you want at the end of the last session i think it sounded like one of your plans was to try and cast speak with dead on do bumblefoot um and to investigate the scale of stars so just reminding you those two things were on the mm -hmm. table but you can you can live your lives <laughs> i don't think lore wise alan has thought about like in character alan hasn't thought about speak with dead yet mm -hmm. um, um uh, well i I I don't think Avatar or not um, that people work that way when they're in the condition that Dew is in but I still think it's not a bad idea to investigate the scales um, I can keep Dew in this state as long as we need to uh, do you know how exactly you know she I can look her back over and see if I notice anything. Um, ooh. She's had all of her divine energy removed. It was the same thing that happened with, or that almost happened with Carlisle. And has been happening with the other avatars. But to her it ran to completion, is what it looks like to me. I, I rolled a nat 20 on my medical check to see if I can discern like any details of that. Yeah, 100 percent. So um, the the scorch marks and everything are consistent with what Radford says. So they were okay. extracting divine energy from Dew Bumblefoot. They reached the limit of divine energy. And without that divine energy, there was nothing to continue sustaining life. And so she died. Um, the um the way that the scars are formed to you they almost read like tree rings where you can see how much energy was extracted in each session and you can kind of you know see a little bit uh, of the workings of the magic they were using um and you can see okay. that approximately four and a half to five months ago they ramped up the amount of magic they were extracting in a single session so there's consistent amounts where it seems like they were calculated to be, you know, exactly as much as she can stand. So they're not trying to like torture or kill her. They just are using her to feed these batteries. And then something happened four and a half to five months ago that um, they made the decision to ramp up production and they had fully expended her energy in a week. Um, and by the end of that time, she, you know, she was, she was fully spent after that time they left her suspended in the, in the magic circle. So like you can, again, like you said, you, you know, the, the visual decay isn't right, even though internally, obviously the body has died. Um, the, the actual corpse has been preserved and you're confident that that is because of residual energy because their mechanism of capture was imperfect. So it's like, you know, the, not enough to like restore her to life, but there was just enough little energy kind of left floating around in that circle that it's like it was enough to kind of preserve her body. Looking her over, I mean, Alan, you might be onto something. So it, it seems, um, looking at these marks, if if you look here, you can see here, right, how they they 
there's it looks like it's multiple scars overlapping. Um, mm. Yes. And and the outer ones here, they're the more recent ones, and they they're a lot wider, and than the earlier ones. Um, I, I I think if I'm going to go off of this, I I, I want to say about a four months ago. Um, they really sped it up. Um, I, I don't know what changed their minds, but before this, they were clearly trying to keep her alive. Um, and I, I guess something changed. Um, but the reason that she, well, honestly hasn't become worm food seems to be that perhaps whatever was entrapping her still had some residual divine energy and if that's enough to keep her from decaying maybe just maybe it's enough to reverse the process i this is an avatar alan and I, i've worked with all kinds of creatures before but i they run off divine energy so i'm not i'm not confident in how that actually works your your knowledge here exceeds mine but that that is reason enough for me to believe that seeking out the the scale may be the next the next step or a possible lead. Well, I I can easily keep this going. Um, I would prefer if we used copper, uh, just to guarantee that we don't cause any issues. But it did seem to take wings as well. Um, and I'll have to cast it every ten days, and I doubt. It will take that long, but it's something to keep in mind. That is that is great to keep in mind, and I am happy to incorporate my own wingle digits into the process as needed. Well, um, if that's the case, though, perhaps we should make a move towards the city. I am now a little worried, though, given what Radford just educated us on well that is that is my question is that obviously up through the city is a way to the scale i'm wondering if perhaps there is an overland over the mountain route to the scale you are confident as well. that there is um that particular route is on your your adventurer map um like the way up there basically it was just yes. like you know the one space to the next is the way okay. to the top of the city okay and and if i remember correctly on the map there is a way to get there and i would prefer that way, especially if we're seeing some strange anomalies and feeling like we're being watched if we take the route through the city. Could I take a rest while we're talking and discussing? Cause yeah, for sure. You I can get a short you guys, rest. But I'm kind of beaten to heck. Yes, that, that seems appropriate to me as well, especially well, now that, that we've a, that a, reposed the, the body. Yes. Yeah. Plenty of time for a short rest in these conversations and, and whatnot. Okay, you just tell me when, boss. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cook something and just yeah, like not, tend not to this a little bit. I I was I was assuming you were waiting for us to finish our conversation, but somebody did redeem uh, deadly combat in the yep. chat. I've got a timer running. Oh, uh, oh, it's a it's a ten minute um, event. Deadly combat doesn't spur an encounter. Make sure you read the descriptions of your rewards chat. Deadly combat doesn't start an encounter. Deadly combat makes it so that while in combat players are unable to regain hit points. Um, and so are the villains. Like nobody can regain hit points. So you can stabilize at zero, but there's no way to recover health. 
during combat. But can initiative. we recover help right now? Yes, as long as okay. you are not in initiative order, it doesn't I apply. I see. I see. So Josh is a stickler about the rules, not just to us, but to chat too. I like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, um, if that's the case, do we want to find perhaps maybe not a a junction that just caved in, but perhaps another place that's a little safer. It might just be my preference, but I think it would be in all of our best interests. Yes, that that, that is completely fine by me if we just find some place that's not next to a cave-in. All right. Um, we don't have to take a full rest. We can just, I mean, if that's okay with everyone else. That's what I was just about to ask. Are we taking short rest break or long rest break? How how long Short have we rest been down over here. here? How long like, what? How long have we been down in the caves? How, uh, I guess you've been down in the caves for like two days now, but I'm assuming you've taken your long rest at night. So like, it's, we, yes, it's we evening, took a long but rest. The day has not storm. ended yet on on today. You okay. know what I mean? It's think like eight nine p.m. Maybe okay. it's eight forty four p.m. Um, well. If if we want we to want an early start in the morning or get or to where we get need to get to, to tonight, and then like I said, Alan, there's no rush with what I can do with do here, but um, I'm I'm more or less we maybe we can have a chance to talk about this. Maybe now's not the right time, but I I, I do have some questions for you. Well, in that case, um, I think that it may be beneficial. For us to take our evening rest sooner than later, so find a safe spot and take a long rest and gather our thoughts for the night and get an early start tomorrow for getting to the overland path to the scale, if that sounds good to everybody else. Sounds like we have a plan then. So yeah, we'll we'll scout uh, a less like cave in ish type sure. spot, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, then take are, our long rest. There are plenty of little like dents and you know imperfections yep. in the side of the tunnel, so you just find a different one to hole up in. Are you just or do you just want to go back to your your same hovel where you teleported to? No, because that's there's a cave in. Well, I guess no, we cleared out the cave in. Um, no, we we might as well like even though it's only like thirty minutes of progress. We've already started heading. I don't know. I think we're fine um, finding a spot a little further ahead. Okay. Ooh, that was a good rest. I'm ready to go. I'm ready for a long, nice, long night. <laughs> we're just going to march all the way through, right? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I believe that we're actually going to turn in early and get a good start, an early start tomorrow, if that oh, is okay. okay. Is just your, to get everything fully recovered. Is your plan to recovered. then go overland to the top of the mountain, or are you going up through the city? Yes. Okay. Overland. Great. Yep, um, Alan, would yes. it be okay if we took first watch? Yes, uh, and we can discuss together? what you were talking about earlier. Yes. Perfect. Cool. Uh, so you two take first watch together. I'll roll attention die to see if anything happens, and then you can have your conversation. All right. It. Go ahead and have your conversation. Uh, um, should we perhaps roll perception before we start our conversation? I don't know. How do you want to? How do you want to do? I would watch? like Players to roll hate perception. this fun DM trick. Uh, 
Uh, I rolled nine on the die, but I got a do 15. I have no, I do not. Yeah, I I got a thirteen. Okay. Uh, nothing seems to seems to happen during watch. Okay. Well, what's our yes? Um, you were wanting to discuss with me some things. So, remember how I mentioned the timeline of uh, Dew's passing? Yes. Dude, obviously something must have changed because there was a lot of scars before that happened. And then all of a sudden within, you know, a, a couple of weeks, I, I, I think the intent was to get as much as they could while also removing do from the equation, as you could say, mm. do, do you know, have any idea what made them change their mind? I I was attuning to the rod of intelligence during that time. So as far as my own personal experience, I I don't know of anything. I guess I guess my only thought well I'm not sure. My only thought could be that Fox um I I know I've mentioned Fox before. Um, one of the four guys founders, he took a team to attempt to rescue Jeb if, if, if Jeb was able to be rescued and he left right before I started attuning to the rod and that whatever caused them to speed up, uh, the extraction on do would have been during the time I was attuning so perhaps something that fox and his group did may have caused i don't know could have caused plan. the aboliths to worry or to feel like they needed to accelerate their plan this this whole thing is you, you know i i would say you probably have more of an insight than i do um into what they might do and why i i mean it could be unrelated right it could um, be. It could it could completely be unrelated. But if it is related, um, and they've made this decision with do, I I don't know if there's anybody else you're looking for, but if there is, they might already be in a similar situation. Well from what we believe to know. Do was the last avatar to be captured. Um, the other two avatars that we have not, or I guess we haven't made, well, Radford has made contact with, no, sorry, I'm getting mixed up as to who's an avatar and who is not. But um, K, as far as we know, has not been captured, but is simply trapped um, in the sky essentially that is our theory um on his airship orbiting the area um orbiting the or flying around the continent um and what's the name of the avatar that looks like a moose satonia yeah avatar satonia. Of okay uh <laughs> <laughs> what's that and, moose avatar <laughs> and we believe Satonia to be free as in 
Zothkug, his um in his first vision, Satonia was the only avatar that appeared to him as free and as though she was trying to she was the one sending the vision to him, warning him of the other avatars being being captured. So at um, a certain at certain points we know that or we believe that those avatars need to be found but do not yet need to be do not necessarily need to be freed. So that bodes better for us in this category at least. Okay. Um I I I I do have a question for you. Yes. Um did you did you hear something? Sorry, I know we're having this conversation, but I I I swear I could have heard something coming from behind you. Alan will like look over his shoulder. Um I'm going to cast hold person on Alan. Um <laughs> And, and then follow that up with Eldritch Blast. Holy cow. Uh, <laughs> Ali gets a save for hold person, right? I, I believe so. Okay. Yes. What's, what kind of save is it? Um, double checking which, if it's my clerical or... I think it's your cleric block. save. Um, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, wisdom. Okay. Okay. So That's a 14. I don't think that makes the cut. Okay. Um <laughs> can Alan speak? And while under a whole person? Um they are paralyzed. A paralyzed creature is incapacitated and can't move or speak. Dang it. The character the creature automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage. Any attack that hits the creature is a critical hit if the attacker is within five feet of the creature. I'm so sorry. I <laughs> God. I'm double checking some things because <laughs> I did wasn't expecting to do this. Uh for some for some reason. Um Okay. Uh, so with at least Eldritch Blast, let me at least first roll that. Um, can that crit? Any is, any attack that is rolled can crit. So if you roll to hit with it, then it can crit. If it's a it, save, then crit. it can't crit. It, it okay. Would just... It is a roll, uh, but it automatically hits because yeah. they're paralyzed. So, ooh, yeah. Uh, and crits double damage in 5e? Yes. Okay. I think so. Wash, is that right? Is a crit double damage or double dice? Double dice. Double dice. My bad. Double dice. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. So if you like roll a d6 and then add your strength modifier or whatever, it doesn't add the modifier. It doesn't um, double those. Just the dice. And for all of you at home who don't use spells as much as I do, would you all mind educating me if there's like uh, you add anything to the damage besides the dice roll? Um, no. Typically spells spell, are just the dice. Okay. Yeah. So just for you, checking. it really is just fully doubled. Uh, in that case, uh, 12. Well, with, with Eldritch well, with, Blast, with Eldritch Blast, depending on how many levels you want. I think you need the agonizing blast to get your spell modifier put into that. It's just yeah. dice. Yeah. yeah, no, no, we're good. Um, 
12 damage. Okay. Alan takes 12 damage and I guess says nothing and does nothing. Does that um, mean he gets to save again? Because uh, he took damage? I don't know that answer. I'm not sure about hold person. Let me look it up real quick. Hold person. Um, it's just at the end of the end of Alan's turn. Okay, Ouch. well, that this would be the end of Alan's turn, right? Unless unless you're taking a move action. Um. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll get up closer and um. Uh, I will pull out uh cloth out of my bag, but I can't really do anything because I've already used my action. Uh oh, you know what? I have a better idea. Um. Does taking items off of somebody count as an action? Yes, I think that would be an action. So okay, it so would be it would yeah. If you're trying to like lift something, like you know, disarm him or whatever, right. you'd have to do that next round. Okay, then I'll I'll just close the distance if we okay. were already at a close distance. You close the I distance, and Alan gets another save. Uh, I rolled for, even worse. I got a nine. Okay, Alan is still held. Um. Okay. In that case, uh, paralyzed and helpless. Does it have a vocal component? What's your passive perception? Hold person does. Uh, Zav is ten. Radford's is twelve. Uh. Okay. Uh. Radford, roll a wisdom save to determine if you wake up. Uh, DC is a straight 10 um, because there is a verbal component, but we're assuming that she had the presence of mind to do it, you know, like whisper or, or try and, say, and, and also we were already talking to each yeah. other. Not to make the situation more difficult for me. Plus two. I rolled a six. Okay. So this round you do not wake up. I'll give you every time there's another spell with a verbal component. You can roll another um, wisdom save with a DC of 10 to wake up. Um, or attack that makes noise. You know, anything like that that would make noise. Uh, okay, so that brings us back around to um, Riley's turn. Um, Riley is going to, uh, being the very big difference in size, uh, basically going to uh, crawl up to him, uh, like crawl up him to find her target, which in this case, uh, I believe is about one shin long. The um, rod? Yeah, I'm looking for the rod. It's just on my tool belt. Yeah, it's clipped to the tool belt. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to lift it off his tool belt. What is your intelligence score? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> okay. Uh, intelligence of a 16. You oh. lift it. Oh, no. You you uh, you feel that it is attuned to someone else. Like the, the secrets or the power within are not available to you, but you are able to lift it. How heavy? Uh... Can I carry things? Like, how heavy is it? You can carry it. It's, I mean, okay. it's solidly built, but it's not like, can it's I not like a with weight. It? Yeah, you can fly with it. Okay. Uh, in that case, I will immediately grab it and uh, just kind of fly off into the dark without another word. Okay. Uh, Alan, the spell ends as the rod leaves a hundred foot radius from you. Holy cow. Um, Okay, Alan is going to like waste no time. He's going to like be as loud as he can, wake up everyone else. Get up, get up, everyone, get up, everyone, please. Riley, Riley What's has taken, on? Riley What's has going? taken, Riley is under the control of an abolith. Right? She has taken my, the rod. She's headed that way. We need to go now. Which, Which way? way? She, the, the way I just pointed. That way. Lighten me. Uh, 
Alan <laughs> Alan casts light on the torch and tosses it to He would, except uh, that the rod is more than a hundred no! feet away. Uh Alan uh, Frick. Zop is gonna fly Zop is gonna fly uh alan um, is gonna grab gonna radford yeah alan's gonna grab radford by the hand and and start like pulling him the direction and just like trying to dash to get get to where it needs to go uh okay um riley what is your fly speed um ooh, uh the wheatling fly speed i think it's 60 right I think it was 60. And we'll say because you're carrying the rod, you probably can't dash. Like, it's not enough to stop you from flying, but it is, it's still a pretty big, it's about as long as you are. Right. Um, okay, so you're moving 60 feet per round. Alan, what's your dash speed? 80. 80. Okay, so you are um, going to catch up eventually, but there's a 100-foot lead. Bear you with gain 20 feet per round. It takes you five rounds to catch up. My phone alarm's going off, so I'm just going to go Okay, yeah, that's off. fine. Go turn that off. Um, so you'll catch up in five rounds. Uh, yes, Trevor has a hand up. What's up? Um, so the, the Wheatling so fly the speed is 60, speed so, dashing would, so dashing, would dashing, yes, dashing would normally make it 120, except that Riley is is carrying something, so that's why Riley can't. But for me, oh yeah. yes, you could fly at 120. So then you'll catch up in three rounds. Radford, what what's your pursuit speed? Um, I believe it. it hold on, let me do some math. 135 135 okay so you actually will catch up slightly before so you've got two rounds um to catch up so um oh wait uh are they do i know they're catching up yeah you know they're chasing you like because they're right. yelling and, and running and sprinting and stuff remember remember to bop remember to bop <laughs> Twist it. Oh, I'm gonna bop. All right. <laughs> Did you say twisted? <laughs> um, um. Wait. Bam, 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 uh, you've got two rounds basically to do whatever you're gonna do to evade pursuit because you know you can hear them chasing you. Right. Okay, that's what I'm looking through right now to see if I can. Um. Okay. I think I have an idea, and I just need to double check. I'm, I'm gonna cast wind wall behind me um but is the but is the is the rod still active active that's what, that's what i was just trying to check jake do you remember if we said you had to be touching the rod or if we said you could switch the weave on and off because i know we i think eventually we decided you can switch the weave on and off okay i like for is if that's something new for alan because with jeb he had to like be holding it Really? I thought oh. partway through Jeb's could, experience, we changed so, it. So for, for Jeb's, um, he had like a mechanism in Big Boy where he would put it in contact with himself and not. Like that's how he would Digging he would switch it on and off by the way he mechanic. held it. That's but what I was trying to check. switching was essentially holding it or not holding it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think I think that is the way that it still works. So unfortunately, Riley, the the weave is not active because Alan's not holding it. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Riley learned something that day. Or Wait. the Aboleth learned something that day as it was controlling Wait, Riley. Mm. As it was no. controlling the Aboleth learned something that day. Because that still counts as a spell all right no uh 
Riley instead, um, using the map she had um, drawn with the Tenkali, uh, is going to try to lose them in uh, some loops in the caves. Oh, okay. Um, before heading to her destination. Okay. Um, so hopefully that will just buy time. Yeah, roll a stealth check. Okay. And Radford, who's and in the front, is going to roll a perception check to try and catch the trail. These are just a straight opposed check from the two of you. That is an 11. Dang it, that's a 6. Radford loses the trail. Um, we'll say that... Well, okay, so Radford keeps running straight when you made a turn. The next person in line is going to be Zopf. So Zopf, go ahead and make a perception check to see if you notice. All of you are sprinting in fairly close proximity to each other, you know, like you're closing the gap. So you're all going to get a chance to figure it out. But if one of you gets it, whoever's behind them is going to be able to see that. So that's why uh, I'm 17. 17. Okay. So Zop is able to figure it out and therefore Alan is able to figure it out. Nope. We made and the left Alan turn will, Yeah. Alan will yell out to Radford. It's a left back here. Dang it. <laughs> and they course correct. When possible. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you'll just lose a round and basically be even with Alan. Um, so you now have a one round lead. So you get one more action before they catch you to try and throw off pursuit. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a piece of paper out of my notebook, just rip it out. Um, and I'm just going to start writing a message in there uh, and then drop it behind me. Okay. Um, do you want to tell us what the message says or are you waiting for them to pick it up and then you'll tell us? I'll wait. Okay. I'll wait if they pick it up. So you drop a paper behind you and then you keep going. You're just following the trail you're on. Um, Zopf is currently in the lead. Zopf, do you pick up the note or not pick up the note? No, he's going after the sister. Okay. Zopf is going to ignore the note. Alan, you pull even with the note. Are you ignoring it or running? Alan will swipe it and attempt to like... Uh, you know, you're on your phone while you're doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> so Cleo, give us the note, but in like, if you only comprehended about a third or half of it. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, trust um, me. Circle. Water. Necessary. Follow. No, Bob. Alan is going to, uh, like, <laughs> see if we can, like, baton hand off the note back to Radford. <laughs> sure. Radford, <laughs> and, you can easily take it. Yeah. And, and uh, kind of yell out. easily takes it. He's like, wait, when in our relationship have you ever thought that I can read common? <laughs> uh, uh, put it, put it in your pocket or something. Uh, I okay. think. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she she says we need to trust her on this. However, it could easily be another Aboleth trick. I so don't. I I don't either. And so they <laughs> that's keep, good. Keep going. Okay. Um I need a dexterity save from Riley. Okay. Ooh. This is the weather event the chat has just redeemed. Mm. 
That's a uh, 19. Okay, Riley passes the dexterity save. I'll also need one from Zopf. The other two will not need to roll one. Uh, Riley, you round a corner, and there in front of you are a whole bunch of naturally occurring stalactites, and you have to suddenly like kind of weave and dodge out of the way to get through the field, but you're able to make your way through them. So it, it's it's kind of like a POV drone, you know, swoosh, swoosh, swoosh kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Non-natural 20. Non 20. Zopf is hot on your tail and actually catches up with you this round. So Zopf, you have a, a round to... Basically, you're close enough to attack or attempt to grapple or whatever you want to do. Uh, Zopf would like to... Um, attempt to grab. Okay. Stay away, brother. Um, because you're both flying and moving, make your acrobatics or athletic. Well, you're you're both doing it, so just roll them normally. Acrobatics or athletics. Um, each of you can choose. Okay. Uh, fifteen for acrobatics. A lot less for All acrobatics. Right. <laughs> you successfully grapple Riley as she's flying away. Um, the extra weight is enough that both of you are going to fall. Um, roll a dexterity save to try and make it so that Riley lands on the ground instead of you. Basically, one of you is going to take a couple points of fall damage here. Um, a d4 from... Can I roll... Like a, a 16. Uh, well, okay. I guess he's grappling. So yeah, that's why. Yeah. yeah. So it is enough. You bop on the ground. Um, you're going to take a d4 of damage and roll a wisdom save. Okay. That's crazy that the Avalith is smart enough to have... the. Uh, someone write a note don't bop me please <laughs> <laughs> it's only one hit point of damage that you took okay oh that's funny um, when y'all said bop radford was like non-lethal damage to bring her to unconscious he wasn't just thinking bopper to get her mind right <laughs> nice <laughs> okay get your mind wisdom. right wisdom 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 uh okay that's a 18. 18 is enough. You wake up. You're back. All right. Uh, quick question. Do I, am I coherent to remember what happened or do I just wake up? Uh, you wake up. It is, it is foggy, but it is not the impenetrable <laughs> fog that it might be if you were perhaps in there for a long time. Um, but it's like, it's almost like you're like a half remembered dream, you know, and that like oh. you're starting to wake up because your first alarm went off, but you haven't hit the phone yet. So it's like you're in the dream, but you hear a song playing. It's like that. Brother? Radford comes skidding around the what? corner next. Flying dragon is, ice glacier kick. And he is, like flies, like flying kicks at her. What's underneath no, of Radford, me? She's back. She's normal now. Uh, he tucks and rolls right at the last second. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alan comes around the corner just in Why time to see ground? Radford do like a very dexterous, graceful, like leaping somersault over the twins Brad who Bradford? seem to be kind of wrestling on the ground. Did did uh, did she get bopped? Do you know what happened? Do you know what happened? Uh, yeah, she's, she's, uh, yeah, she's, oh, I, okay. I, can you can you get off of me? I I'm on something. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, yes, that would be that would be the rod of intelligence. Alan will go and pick up the rod. Uh, how? Why did you leave it on the floor? You stole it, sister. I I I, I would have never done such a thing. You were mine. Why are we here? The abolus reach is f further into these caves than I what? would have how? expected. I, I thought you said they they only in, infect through water. That uh, they're they're ah uh, perhaps it was the shimmering that you saw 
um, oh. Radford, that may have been something to do with the Aboleth's psionic reach or something. I'm surprised that I don't know. they were well, able to... Okay. Um, well, let's head back, because I'm, I'm a little frazzled, and... Um, I, I don't, I don't feel good. Uh, that is understandable. However, due to what we just experienced, I am now of the opinion that perhaps we need to forge through the caverns and not rest until we are outside of this mountain and ready to take the overland path. I, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, I'm with you on that one. Alan, I, you may I, choose whether to roll history, survival, or perception to find a way out of the tunnels. Sir, beep, 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 bop, bop. Let me think about this. History, survival, or perception? Yeah. Okay. We're doing history. All right. The history of the tunnels. Be one with the tunnel. Live the tunnel. Oh, but I didn't roll These very well. These are story well. tunnels. Um, but uh, I'm going to use the rod of intelligence that I recently got back to re-roll nice. that. <laughs> yeah, you are. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, that's a little bit better. That's a 14. As luck would have it, the next corner you go around, you see a little glimmer of light and you feel a little puff of wind and you're able to kind of abstract like, oh, if I hit this part this way it's going to crumble and I can get to the surface. Like this is one of those little oh. pockets that has eroded. Well, uh, it seems as though Riley, uh, in your attempted escape, you have brought us to an easier way out. And Alan will, um, I think what he'll I do. I use my stick. Oh, you can use your stick. Okay. Yeah. That, just that works better than blunting my sword on it. Uh, Stay and a little, keep a little distance. It works. You're, you're able to, um, without injuring yourself, you're able to carve out a way and there's, it's a little steep, but it's not like a dangerous climb to get to the outside of the mountain. And because of your proximity to no wood, you're already partially up the side. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, as you emerge, you emerge into a, uh, pretty crisp, uh, night air. You know, you're pretty high altitude at this point. Um, not quite dangerous to everyone, maybe to Alan who's wearing almost nothing, <laughs> um, but you know, the stars are kind of glimmering above you. It's a, it's a, a cloudless sky. Um, the wind is rushing down over you, right? This is the mountain where the wind originates that was rushing through the resty jungle. And so it's kind of, you know, scouring down the side before it pushes into the canopy of trees. And if you turn around, you can see like, you know, along the canopy of the rusty jungle that you came through to get here and way off in the distance, you can't see Hembley who, but you can see the foothills and you know, Hembley who is just past those. Um, to the north, you can see little glimmers of stuff off in the distance that probably indicate like, you know, a village with its torches lit for the night or whatever, like way off in the plains that are north of you. And then obviously if you turn around the hulking shape of the scale of stars, because it projects upwards, you can see the top of it even from here, mm. you know, um, and the climb is ahead of you. Well, I think, uh, if we're able to find some sort of outcropping here that, Shields us from the wind. Uh, this may be a more ideal spot for a rest and then the climb tomorrow. Mm. I think Cleo's muted again. 
I'm sorry, I was playing with like the mute button and like, does it work if I do this, 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 or this? And I forgot that I, the last thing I left it on was mute. Uh, <laughs> uh. Does um somebody else want to take watch this time? Um, yes, I, I think that might be wise. Okay, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna rest for a bit. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'll uh. I'll take watch too. So yeah, we'll find a find like a spot that maybe shields from the wind a little bit, whether it's just like rocks that are kind of jutting out or something and go from yeah, there. You find like a little sheltered kind of it's not it's not hidden or anything, but it's at least got, you know, there's kind of like a little um edge that sticks out for like a mm-hmm. pseudo roof and whatever, and you can kind of set up your bedrolls in there. Cool. Uh, anything happen at like, do you have anything to actually do during your watch Zop or Radford? Your night passes uneventfully because we already had a complication this evening. Um, I was going to talk to Radford. Okay, great. Do that. I'm going to step away for hey, a second. Um, hey, Radford. Oh, have, hey. You, um, have you dealt with these abolists for very long? Not very long. Um, I don't think I've seen one directly. But, uh, you know, the boss talks about them quite a bit. He's encountered them uh, on a much more intimate level, unfortunately, in kind of the same vein as what happened to Riley tonight. Yeah, just, I've never seen a sentence where like that worried me. I don't want to happen again. Yeah, that's kind of spooky when you, when they can turn your friends on each other. But I wouldn't worry about it too much. We're, you know, the rest of us are pretty capable. It was a bit of a scare, but, you know, we were there for Riley. And it worked out. Yeah. I mean, and you were there for her. And good thing, oh, too, because I would have oh, pummeled her into the ground. <laughs> I mean, I With love. I mean, it's true. It's true. Uh, but, uh, do you have any family? Oh, no, no. I mean, you know, not other than my parents, but they're long dead. It's just, uh, it's just me all by my lonesome. But I liked it. I like the, um, the solitary life. It's good for clearing your head and, you know, I I enjoy the the company of my own thoughts and my tea. and my shoes, we've gone through together. and my beer. You could consider us family. I mean, maybe eventually. We'll get there. Depends on how often we die and how close we get in the meantime. I hope none of us die. I mean, yeah, me too. But you know, that kind of has a has a way of pulling folks together. Near-death experiences and all of that. But Yeah. Yeah. I try not to get too close. I've had some, you know, run-ins in the past, and I find it easier just to, you know, just take care of myself. Well, you've been doing a good job so far. I mean, I'm here. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And I got good shoes. (laughs) The rest of your party sleeping soundly behind you. You can hear their breathing noises. Um, in the wind, you hear uh, again the sound of sails creaking. Um, you hear 
you know, the, the sound of a dog barking somewhere. You hear the sound of, um, I don't know, probably the sound of like, a, you know, fences being dug into the ground and things like that. Just kind of fluttering down. I reach over and grab Riley's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with those? Oh, just fixing them up. Tweaking them a little bit. See, there's a little, see how it's like the wear patterns are, it's a little low on this side. Oh, That's, see, uh, yeah, yeah. she probably needs to work on her posture. It's probably from the way that her, her legs dangle when she flies. But, you know, as long as you maintain it and whatnot, you, you won't get a hole worn through. And he probably pulls out some strips of leather and she also, uh, pulls the tacks out. When she's when she's oh, yeah. Yeah. Which isn't bad, you know. You just got to be mindful for of it, and yeah, of course. Make sure that you're just not doing it all the time. You know, you want to even work out, and he kind of like flexes his muscles a little bit. You know, you want to like work on them in groups, and you know, never miss tail day. <laughs> of course, never. Of course, never. For us, it's never miss wing day. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. So. uh why are you out here? Why are you out here almost dying? You look like you are not fit for the jungle. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I grew up and lived in the forest, so this isn't too dissimilar from that. Um, but our, uh, well, one new bumblefoot was sort of the sort of the the watcher over our village and everything. So, so that was part of it. That was then my patron Andromeda also sent me to four guys as she had previous experience with them. Um, oh, yeah? Like two two callings to the same thing. So she, like, stays in contact with you? How does... How do you guys talk? Um, not um, regular. I think that was just kind of more of a one-time thing. It, it's not frequent that we can actually speak. Radford. How'd you get a... How'd you get tangled up with her? She, um, she, um, like her, like her and do had some, some contact with each other, I think. Um, and she visited the village in the past before the, like pre, way before the uh, darkening and everything. Mm. I ended up going to the Feywilds to see her domain and pay homage to her. And yeah. Bradford, as you're talking, um, you hear something on the night air. You're still hearing kind of the random sounds as you've been hearing. Um, you hear something not unlike piano music, um, like just a little, a little soft kind of ding, ding, ding kind of sound. Um, and at the same time, you notice out of the corner of your eye, it almost looks like one of the stars is moving across the sky instead of sitting still. Um, and as you pay a little more attention to it, you're like, also this star is blue, like, like a deep blue, as opposed to that kind of like burnished blue that like, you know, stars kind of look like where it kind of glows around the edges. Um, this one's like a deep blue tone. Um, do I know that star? Is it? Part of any constellations I'd be familiar with? It is definitely not part of any constellations you've looked at in your long days of monking. Hmm. 
Would I notice it? Would I notice with Radford looking? With Radford looking. Only if he tells I mean, you. Your passive perception's out. a ten. Yeah. Okay. Then you sure. <laughs> um, now that you're both paying a little more attention to it, it uh, you also realize that it's closer than this guy. At first, it looks like he was moving really, really fast, but now you realize because the little sound of piano notes is getting louder and softer as it flies past. It's it's pretty close. Um, it's doing laps around your little camp. And um, once you and Zopf are both like tracking it, you know, heads kind of moving in circles or whatever, it shoo, zooms in a straight line up the mountainside toward the scale. You're seeing that too, right? Radford looks down at his T. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may have put a little extra stuff, but I'm glad you're seeing it. <laughs> Am I tripping? Um, <laughs> like, um, it is at this blue. point the the sun is starting to like brighten the horizon. You know, over the night, like everyone's had their long rest. So if you want to wake the others and tell them, you would not cost them their rest. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna up. start. Well, I'm gonna start cooking breakfast. You uh, you get the other guys up. Uh, sister, time to wake up. Time to wake up. You're muted. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I unmuted it for that joke, and then I immediately muted it and forgot I muted it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Zop will flutter over to Alan and like, just like look and like just look and like rub his like shake his head. Uh, yes. Uh. Mm. Mm. Uh. Is I. Yep. Yeah, mm, yep. Son. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Radford and I have something to report once you're both up and ready. Mm, yes, yes. And Alan kind of <laughs> shakes the sleep off and, and gets up. What did anything occur last night? Uh, yeah, so we heard yeah, this so we heard faint this piano music. Piano music. And then one of the stars started moving and circling and it got closer and it looked like it was heading straight to the scale. It was blue too. And yeah. it made a piano noise. Do I recognize the song, DM? No. Okay. It wasn't like a song. It was like individual notes, just like every now and then kind of mm. floating along in, in its wake. Did well, you said I, it was it was blue and it was glowing? Alan, you don't yeah, need like a, a you you don't need a role to remember one of the more traumatic about, days of your yeah, life when yeah. you were underneath Tumbleweb fighting the Aboleth, and uh, you and your party encountered a Willow Wells, a spirit uh -huh. that had not actually departed because it can't. Ah, that. Alan, like, kind of brightens up. That, that may be a good sign. That, that could be Dew's spirit guiding us. It, it went towards the scale. Yes, yeah. That is correct. We, we need to follow. Oh, if you say so. If you say so. Wow, oh, this is um a lot. All right. Uh, let me put my shoe. Where where are my shoes? Uh, Radford uh, was cleaning. Uh, yeah, here they go. They're all a uh, tip top shape. Oh oh. Thank thank you, Radford. Uh, is thank is Radford, oh, yeah, here. is Coffee is and breakfast? Sausages. Thank you. I was about to say is is breakfast oh, able to be taken to go? I think we should. Follow breakfast too. Oh okay. Radford hands everybody like a little cup of coffee, like a to go cup. And a cup of sausages to nibble on. I wow, um, greatly appreciate a... that. You did all well, this. You know, when you're lunch? out on your own, you kind of it's good to eat and be mobile. So I come prepared for that. Wow. Okay. You, you all get four temporary hit points for the day too for the Sweet. next eight hours. Um, I I think maybe you should 
I, I should travel with you more often. I could get used to this. Travel more often in general. I, well, we are I traveling do. now, and we should begin traveling now. And Alan will start <laughs> following Alan leads the, the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, you lead the way to the top of the mountain. Um, it takes most of the morning, so the sun is like you know, uh, it's it's maybe forty five degrees above the horizon at this stage. Um, and the side of the mountain is warm, but not scalding because you're up at a high enough altitude that although you're in still kind of a wasteland area, the altitude is cooling it off a little bit for you. Uh, and so the wind is actually quite pleasant at this stage. You hear no weird noises in it. Um, as you approach the scale of stars, the scale of stars up close is truly something magnificent to behold. This is one of the first relics the gods ever created. It is a massive construction for maybe 500 feet tall at its center. The huge base, more of a cylinder than a triangle, like a traditional set of scales might have. Uh, it's more like a huge tower with notches cut into the sides so that the, um, the, the beam of the scale can rest there. And one end of the scale rests on the ground easily uh, 300 feet in diameter, this big circular, it's, it's more like a spoon than it is like a bowl. So it's very shallow and it has just a little bit of a, a concave, um, curve to it. And then there's 500 feet of beam to the pillar, 500 feet further to the, the end that is stuck out over the top of the mountain, which from up here is obviously much bigger in person. They've cut at least a hundred, uh, at least a thousand feet across for the diameter of this opening over the mountain. And so the scale sticks out almost exactly to the center of it. Um, like in, in a, in a sort of primitive metaphorical way, it's almost like it's catching the light, you know, as the sun rises where the light kind of lands right in the bowl, um, as the scale is, is raised up. And the tower thing at its center actually does have a door in it, a huge stone door mm. engraved deeply with the sigil of Zanir. Um, the, um, the, the rest of it doesn't have any other markings or anything like that. You know, it's worn smooth by wind or time, or maybe it was made this way, but it's like a perfectly polished dark black stone on the top of an otherwise rusty red colored mountain. Um, and so it would be a silhouette even in bright sunlight. And as you stand at the base of it, maybe sheltered in the shade under the beam, you know, the, the, so the beam is kind of making a triangular roof over your head and you've got the bowl to one side of you and you've got the pillar or the central, central, uh, kind of fulcrum to the other side of you, you set down Dew's body and a small blue kind of floating something, a willow wells uh flits over gently and rests where dew's heart would be and kind of mm. pulses in place flits up to where dew's mouth is and kind of pulses there and then flits into the ground and disappears from view well that was was that dude's spirit I believe that confirms that that the Willow Wells appears and does a little dance in the air before dropping back into the ground. I believe that that confirms that that is Dew's spirit. Um, Do we take her body to the scale? I believe so. And if I were not to be, if, if, if I were to theorize, my guess would be if we were able to open that door, it may lead down to where Dew's spirit is guiding us. Yep. I concur. Well, let us uh, begin this journey. 
and Alan will pick up uh, Dew's body again and head towards that big door. Okay, Alan heads towards the big door. Dew's spirit, the Willow Wells, flits into one of the to-go coffee cups. It just floats there as if it's part of the... <laughs> like, it's, you know, just keeping itself in position so that it looks like it's resting, like kind of swimming around on the top of the coffee cup. Well, um, hello Just there. kind of floating there. Yeah, it's with Riley, sure. Um, <laughs> and you head over to the door. Like I said, big sigil of Zanir, no doorknob, no anything, just like a big section of door. And as you push on it, it spins around the center. So, it, mm. you know, it makes two open doorways. Each of them is wide enough for a creature much larger than Owlin or Radford to step through. And so you all step into the room and you find yourselves in a room lit by a single chandelier hanging above a cylindrical seven-foot obelisk of plain stone. Arranged in a circular pattern around the obelisk are 24 enclosed clawfoot braziers positioned so that their openings face the obelisk. The obelisk is marked with a brief inscription that wraps around its circumference. The floor of the chamber is marked with patterns and images carved into the stone, including a smiling sun, a frowning moon, and floral accents. I saw Wash had a hand up. What's up? Braziers. Okay. Claw-footed braziers. Gotcha. Braziers or something else. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, did I say braziers? <laughs> Oh, that's a yeah. very different. <laughs> well, okay, whatever. Claw-footed braziers. That's kind of a scary image. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I said it at the table. Maybe it's happening. Uh, no, they can be braziers. Yeah, no, they can be braziers. Sure, brackets, if you will. Uh, torch brackets. Uh, <laughs> resting on the ground. <laughs> this is another moment that uh, my little music bot would help us smooth over, but the music bot's broken. Anyway, that's the description of the room. That was the end of the description. So there's okay. there's 24 braziers around the outside of the room. There's a big obelisk in the center, seven feet tall. Um, the floor of the chamber is marked with patterns and images carved into the stone, including a smiling sun, a frowning moon, and some floral accents. Hmm. What is the inscription on the obelisk? Uh, the inscription on the obelisk is written in common, so Radford can't read it. Uh, and it's, and it, says, read it out loud. It says, forward, <laughs> backward, upside down, given time, same as the sound. Forward, backward, upside down. Given time, same as the sound. Hmm. Or backward, upside down. Maybe we should put do at least somewhere for now. Yeah, Alan will set we'll set do down somewhere in like a corner safely. What are the symbols again, what are Josh? The symbols again, Josh? The uh you there's there's a smiling sun, a frowning moon, and like a floral pattern, just all kind of inscribed in the in the ground. Okay. Okay. Um can Alan investigate for anything that seems like I don't know, uh like that's meant to be moved or meant to be like like something that like, you know, if, if this puzzle has something yeah. that it needs to be like contacted and moved to a certain, you know, that sort of thing, like levers, yeah. machines, Car like so that. carved into the floor in front of each of the braziers is, uh, the numbers <laughs> one through 24 in sequence. 
So the number one is at like the bottom of the circle closest to where you, you entered like the door. And then the number 12 is opposite that. So, you know, it kind of loops around and then inside each of them is like, um, kindling tinder and enough wood to build a strong fire. Um, but before you move anything, uh, can, can you just give me five more minutes? I'm sketching the layout. Yes, of, of course. All right. Forward, and, uh, backward, upside down. What was the third line or the fourth line? Forward, forward backward, upside, upside down. down, given time, same as the sound. Forward, backward, upside down. And Alan will look at the digits on the ground and try to think about like if any of those numbers is the same forwards, backwards, upside down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, the zero is the same forward and backward and upside down. There isn't a zero. There's the numbers one through 24 in sequence. Um, eight is the um, same forward, backwards, upside down. Hmm. This is correct. Um, At least the, the, the symbol, I guess the word is. But given time, same as the sound. There's 24 hours in a day. Hmm. An A turned on its side is an infinity symbol. At least it isn't draconic. Is it the same way in common? Uh, yes. yes, Radford. Yes. Oh, that's, that's a nice little overlap. Well, you, you know, some languages tend to borrow symbols or other things, um, depending on, you know, how that knowledge oh, was spread. What you're saying is common was borrowed from draconic. That's that's nice. <laughs> uh, it, it might have been. And, and considering all of the natural languages in the world, it's actually one of the more recent languages it wouldn't be unusual though of course it could be a concept that was discovered in that draconic simply didn't have a specific symbol for and it could be the other way around if you really think about it i, I appreciate more this research. i appreciate this in-depth information that you're giving about this this is an area that my knowledge actually is somewhat limited in although with the rod of intelligence, it is helpful that I can now comprehend any language. But linguistics well, is something I know little about. I appreciate also your commitment to do more research about it in the future as well. I used to date a lingwing. Uh, ling wow, a I'm linguini. having a stroke. <laughs> Did you just say I used to date a linguini? <laughs> <laughs> I did not well, you know say what they that. Say, attract. You know, I stopped myself before I said it. <laughs> you said his name was Luigi. Is that what you said? <laughs> Nobody can speak today. I, I listen. It's all right. It's fine. I um, I believe uh, that the number eight is as good of a try as any. Um, I it seems the most promising candidate unless anyone else has any compelling arguments. Well, I was trying to go through my head and mm, maybe figure out if any of the numbers on a normal clock would make a sound when read aloud. 
I mean, obviously, I mean, speaking of languages, obviously we, we make sounds when, you know, saying numbers, but I meant if they sound similar to an automatopoeia or something mm. like that. But I couldn't an think of anything. Oh, uh, you know, like uh, boom or zap or any other uh, things that we say to reference sounds. Um, but I, I don't think I, any numbers could be misinterpreted mm. as a sound when read aloud. So does it look like these uh, braziers need to be like lit or something? Yeah, like, there's, there's, there there's fuel in them. They have all the yeah. materials in them to be lit. Okay. Um, and there's one for each of the numbers. Yep. Yeah. That's as you're, as earlier. you're kind of looking around and examining and whatever, um, uh, one of you, in fact, I'm going to roll a D four. Uh, okay. So Zop, uh, you either trip or slip or, or stand weird. And the, you, you kind of like cut open a piece of something in your pack and one of your inventory possessions has gone bad. Um, oh, no. so oh, no. I'm going to roll a D10 and we're going to figure out which of them has gone bad. Okay. The fourth thing listed in your inventory has gone bad, spoiled, been broken, whatever. Um, as the, the complication we just, we just read. Yes, chat. I'll put the riddle in chat. Oh, brother. I, I do really hate that's it. My, uh, that's my bag of sand. When my sand, <laughs> sand goes spills bad. all over <laughs> the ground. <laughs> Just as you as you've been flying around investigating things, you're just leaving this little trail of sand all around behind you. Yes, yes. And uh, DM, what was at the center of the room again? It's Big a seven obelisk. foot obelisk with the riddle, you know, carved into it. Okay, there's no like altar anywhere. On the top of the obelisk is a sigil of Zineer, so this might sort of be an altar, but it's it's not it's not an altar. Like it hasn't been built in that shape or anything like that. It's just kind of a tall right, stone right. thing, okay. seven feet tall. So, did we want to try lighting the eight, eight hours? If if uh, if no one else is opposed, I believe it's worth a shot. I mean, we might want to also. Well, I guess it's it's a twenty-four hour clock uh we don't know if it necessarily is a clock although it is an acute observation that it is laid out as if it were one is 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 there like a, a there hole like a, in the top of the ceiling or like a way for light to get in that would like be indicative of like a sundial uh the shape is very indicative of a sundial there is no hole in the ceiling so like the room is perfectly dark Uh, well, we opened it. Where's the shadow? Uh, the shadow is cast around, like, you know, so there's the big door in the center, so it kind of makes two slanting shadows, so it doesn't land on a number or anything like that. Um, mm. But it, it would be, so you're facing one, so whatever's opposite that, that would be 12. So it's, you know, on either side of the 12, basically. Okay. okay. It does appear that this is very resembling the sign uh, clock. Well, let's light the 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 fire first before i say another word and mispronounce it and say the incorrect word um <laughs> sorry and see if that casts maybe a shadow or light or reveals something perhaps let us let us try it 
And so Alan will go and light the fire at the eighth one. Okay. Uh, so you light the fire. It roars up immediately. There's plenty of kindling and everything. It's not difficult to do. Um, the fire casts a very straight line shadow using the obelisk opposite the eight. Uh, so <laughs> whatever that would be. Um, oh, no. Opposite eight would be 16. That's how numbers work. Uh, it casts a shadow on the 16 and nothing else happens. But there, there is now a shadow over the 16. What has the uh, um, the Willow Wells done during this process? So far, it's been sitting still. But when you light the fire, it hops up out of the cup and it goes back to the obelisk and swirls around the riddle a bunch of times before sitting back down in the coffee cup. Okay. Uh, I just would like to reference that 16 is not opposite of 8. Oh, okay. What is it? Uh, I believe it's 20. Okay. Either way. Um, Alan will wait a moment, and then if nothing happens, he'll investigate where the shadow is lying from 8, and then if nothing happens there, then yep, he'll extinguish there. the fire. Okay. Fire is extinguished and the room is plunged back into relative darkness again. The well, two slashes of, of light from outside, obviously, are still. I don't think that eight was the answer there. Let us think more on this riddle. Forward, backward, upside down, given time, same is the sound. One. Same is two, the sound or same s- as the sound? Same, same is. is the sound. Oh. One. Two, three, four, five. Alan will just keep his mentally at least. Same is the sound. Mm-hmm. So the sound same is the same forward, backward, sound. and upside down. Given time, though. So over time, the sound changes? Or it might be that we have to give the correct time. Or it might be saying that it... Being in relation to time... uh, Maybe like that's just a clue for it being time. Hmm. I've had this revelation. <laughs> Maybe this corner of my mind I like to call it chat <laughs> made me think of perhaps it's about the present tense of the word. Well, if I generally, if it's referring to a number, numbers don't have tenses. They're not verbs. But maybe there's a... I don't know. I've, I've sixed before. <laughs> <laughs> you could say you've timed... I definitely fived. You've timed something? Or you time it? I mean, you can use time as a verb... Hmm. Indeed. 
Um, DM, can I make a religion check to sure. see if I uh, can glean any information about um, th- that time when when we were back in Hembleyhu and I was talking with uh, Scuba Dewa, what's her name, about Zanir. Mm-hmm. In our conversation with her, like, Zanir is a god of order. Could I make a religion check to just try and make some sort of connection with with time and like the flow of time in Zanir? Uh sure. Whoa, this does kind well, of remind me. I'm rolling like Owl in today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you don't remember anything new. Rolling like Owl do you, is that like like you have the same uh, vibe? Is that how you would say it? I don't know. I'm, my my noodle my noodles kind of cooked. That is all right. Uh, my noodle well, sausage feels a bit cooked Normally as well. What you do with noodles, right? Is uh, what about one? Exactly. What about I mean, the number one? Kind of like the number one is, can be often drawn as a line, and Alan will look at the number one in this circle. Is it just drawn as a straight line? Uh, no, it's it's a like a uh, with the little angled like line times on top. New Roman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's say it's all written in Times New Roman. <laughs> all the numbers. <laughs> Comet is officially written in Times New Roman in the world of Urida. That's canon now. Oh dear. Well, that kind of destroys my point, I guess. Um if it was drawn a certain way, then I get you could argue that the symbol always looks the same forward, backward, well, upside down. Forward, it looks like a one. Backward, it looks like a seven, and upside down, I think perhaps you're right, because you're going to have to take the L on this one. <laughs> have an inspiration. <laughs> that was that was good. Well executed. It's something, something about order and balance. Zanir hmm. is very structured. Symmetrical. If we were looking for symmetry, the number 11 would fit that. What if what if it's a symmetry to the shadows that are cast? What if we like multiples? What if, like, like, what if we cast a shadow forward and backwards? Or something like that. Well... Hmm. We could light a fire at eight, and then its counterpoint is at twenty. I, I'm not sure if that would something. I, I have the hunch that maybe that's not what we're looking. No, steer me. What's this? Me. What's Zinir's symbol look like? What's his holy symbol look like? Sausage came back up. Riley, um, you have a holy symbol of Zinir, yeah. Uh, well, I have multiple holy signals, but um, I'm going to dig it out of my pack. Uh, what does it look like? I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember either. A vertical line representing the self with three crossed lines intersecting a circle at the base. So it almost looks like a key sticking up if the key were like the lines went the whole way across instead of just sticking out to one side. Um, I'm not sure how it's related, though. I was just curious if it would be something that we could recreate with 
these lights, but it seems to be a little given enough obstacles and 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 lighting, and I'm, I'm sure we could attempt to do it, but I, I don't think it would be very helpful. Hey Josh. Yeah. Hey Josh. Can I make like an investigation or perception to see if there's anything else that we haven't seen yet? Like just to get basically a hint. Or if there's anything else. <laughs> um, Josh, can I roll to solve the puzzle? No. <laughs> you cannot roll to solve the puzzle. Uh, you, I like to solve the puzzle. You don't need to roll. Um, well, no, there's not really. No, there's nothing in the room to see. So, okay. no, okay. Um, there's nothing to roll for. So I'm not going to make you okay. roll and then um, suffer. Okay. That's fine. Is there any like holes in the ceiling? Nope. Are there burn remains? Like nope, charred marks in the torches. Nope, or the the braziers. Um, bear, bear with no. me one second. And if gonna, you were to examine uh, with like a uh, you know a survival check type thing, you might determine that uh, this has been around for you know maybe three years and one month. It seems like maybe mm. is when this was established, or maybe even less than that. Maybe three years and one week. Mm. I'm gonna fly. Uh, back through the door and then look at the scales from outside. Uh, could you re-describe them for me? Uh, yeah, huge stone pillar in the center. Um, right. Thousand foot beam resting across it, sticking up over the opening of the mountain. Big 300 foot diameter, like kind of spoon concave um, scales at each end. Okay. And the whole thing is like onyx black, even though the mountain is rusty red. So it always looks like a silhouette. Um, as you're outside of it, kind of like examining from another side, you also see um, Statera Prospera engraved in one side, which is a uh, Xenian uh, proverb. Uh, it means balance is prosperity. Okay. Is it currently balanced right now? No, it's sticking up over the... Um, over the the hole in the mountain, but you're pretty confident that doesn't have anything to do with the riddle. Okay. What time would it look like the sun is resting in the scale? Noon. From our perspective, yeah. From noon? where you are, right next to it, yeah. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I'll fly back inside. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, maybe 12. Um, maybe we have to line it up with when the sun's in the scale. And it, I mean, from the perspective of being right outside of it, that would be at noon. I'm not sure if that helps. That could be it. Or I've been thinking perhaps if Zanir values balance, perhaps I, I, I like the idea of lighting two fires, perhaps one fire on each side of the pillars like left to right all right we'll try that we'll try that um do you, do you have any anything to tell us do i'm looking at the the cup uh the cup seems to float towards that part of the back of your mind that you call the chat yeah <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, oh. actually, the more that I think about it, the more that I really think that your noon idea is is quite apt. No, I don't think it is. I'm like, we, it's too close to eight. It's got to be something else. 
<laughs> Radford's like Indraconic. It's not spelled that way. So <laughs> yeah, like in Indraconic, it's like Skulag. I thought it's like, would that be like Glagusk? That's not. That's, that's nothing. I I appreciate that. However, um, as I'm sure uh, Riley was about to point out, as she's probably discovered it already, um, noon backwards in common is noon. <laughs> And wow, how did you lose my mind like that? I, I saw that you were already motioning to start lighting the fire I on mean, that side, so... That's straight from the part of my mind I call the chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so yeah, uh, Alan will help Riley light the fire to put it at, put the shadow at noon. You, this, this, better, this better not be it. You light the fire at 1, which is opposite to 12. The shadow lands on the 12. And there is a soft rumbling as a small trap door slides open um, right it. behind that that <laughs> flame that you've made. So the at you know at one directly behind the one, there is now a small trap door in um, the ground. Quick question. Yep. This is languagist. Uh, Jake. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> is that the uh, intention? What? <laughs> Did we? I, I, I misunderstood. I thought we were gonna light twelve. No, we were gonna light one so that it lands on twelve. Oh, okay, okay. Like the sundial hole aspect. Right, 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 yeah. right. Okay, right, cool. Okay. Yep. All right, we're doing it. <laughs> um. Yeah, Alan will will pick up Dew's body, and well, I believe that this is the path. That we need to take. There's, Thank you. There's dude. not even really a path. You open it and there's a small hatch there in the ground and a cloth wrapped package with a note on top of it. Um, ooh, ooh, I called this. better not be in common. And I fly <laughs> forward and and read the the note. Okay. Uh, you read the note. It is a note from Do Bumblefoot. Um, it is a note explaining that uh, Dew was approached by Shrub along with the other avatars necessary for the cataclysmic ritual, um, but they didn't believe Shrub. And Dew has realized, perhaps before any of the others, that Shrub was right and has set about reclaiming the components for the cataclysmic ritual. But she is confident that she has pursued. And so she has hidden her progress here along with um, the remaining components of the spell in order that if she should fall, the spell can still be cast by the other avatars. And so mm. as you unwrap the the cloth, you see like a there's a really, I mean, they've been here for a while, so it's like a really dusty vial containing something. Um, and there is a fragment of blacker than black stone that are both sitting in there. Um, the letter explains that in order to cast the spell, the cataclysmic ritual, you need some material components you need some somatic components and you need some verbal components. The material components are here. There's the uh, a vial containing the venom of a spider. There's a fragment of stone from Loden's crater that has only ever been exposed to moonlight. Um, and the the remaining missing piece is a frozen dragon's tear. Um, the so so do initially left Oat to find the components, but you know felt she was going to be caught. And, um, she also, um, said there are somatic components. Um, 
the the somatic components of the spell once the area has been um, consecrated the uh, one needs to conduct the primordial stillness which is an ancient meditation of Kelnor practiced by I mean a number of monks it's not like a big secret um, Radford it was even practiced in like your commune where where you were a monk um, probably Fox has even seen it. it's like a you know ages old thing that people probably just didn't realize the significance of um, um, and it needs to be practiced within an arcane circle of a specific type that Alan is confident he can make and lastly there are verbal components, um, or really, it's just auditory components. Uh, a certain frequency that is easiest to reproduce with the saxophone. Um, Dew has hidden a reed that is uh, that makes it easier for a saxophonist to produce this frequency among the components that are in the bag. Um, how convenient. Yeah, how convenient. <laughs> um, and those are the things that are hidden there. The note also says um, that she has hidden the things here at the scale of stars because if do should die, um, then the scale of stars is a good way to explain to Zanir quickly what has happened. She highlights that the last time the scale of stars was tipped, it brought a hundred years of Zanir's wrath for seemingly no reason. Um, and she ends the note saying, in my opinion, the world might actually benefit from a hundred years of Zini and wrath. And then it's signed in her, in her flowing script. And that is the, the conclusion oh. of the note. So, um, wow. Dude was very good on, uh, documentation. Um, I, you mentioned, is very important, very important uh, the, the, the ritual, um, that you've been working towards. I mean, it, it details it very descriptively all here. This is it, extremely important. Yes, we must we take very good care of it. Need the other avatars? I'd say we could do it right now. Um, uh, that's a very powerful thing. I, think, I don't think we could just do it. Well, I I know, but I, I'm exact. It's a it's <sighs> an expression being used to illustrate how well uh, do kept track of what needed to be done Thank and you, also explained Alan. it in the note. Yes, I I understand what you were trying to do. So, but. Do we perhaps cover our tracks a bit and place these back where we found them? Because this seemed like a very safe spot considering the amount of time that has passed and no one else has discovered it. Well, I... I feel like, I feel like coming back here is going to be... Here is gonna yes, be it, was already, it was already an extremely tough journey to get here. Um, I, I, don't, I don't disagree that these components need to be kept somewhere safe and that simply traveling with them um, just on our person, well, it may not be a good long-term solution, but I believe that there can be options for us as far as taking them somewhere safe. That box can't be opened outside. Yes. yes. That's the other thing I was thinking of, is that if we move this, we risk showing sunlight to this rock i mean should it the the rock the box break or fall i mean this is very old we can wrap it in like a blanket or something yeah to be clear it is wrapped in a cloth inside the box you know so there's an extra layer of of protection sure. there yeah i i just i just think i think take it with us probably gonna be quite challenging 
changing and we can give it to like one of the other avatars who's been saved well think about it i agree with you that it was challenging to get here but we now know the path and furthermore that's a good thing we don't want it to be easy to get people to get their hands on these materials and if they fall mm. into the wrong hands or even worse just negligent hands i alan how many alan, how many things are left to be covered like how close are we for you to completing this well we need I, to alan's knowledge we need four more parts of the rod right uh no you've um, heard the news from from the crew in stainless that they stole three rods oh you're right okay so to um, alan's knowledge you need to find the rod of luck and you now know you need a frozen dragon's tear and you need um k. and you need k okay so and i mean technically you have to forge the rod of seven parts back together but um, yeah, like Alan will say those things, and also he'll retroactively retcon his theorizing earlier around the campfire um, to like, oh yes, when we found the rods and killed, and when 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 Fox's crew did all these good things, that is probably when uh, that stuff, hey, you know, that's probably coincides. To change my reaction. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so does Alan know that Jeb has been found? Uh, yes. Oh, a lot of Alan's sad demeanor this whole arc has been because of that well he's but he's not he's not he's sad because of other reasons probably now um <laughs> anyways uh i've been role playing in my head completely wrong for like seven sessions um well, uh it sounds like you're pretty close like you're pretty i feel close. like we should jake you've been role playing wrong for seven sessions but at least you didn't pronounce brazier is wrong okay <laughs> 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 so hear me out what if perhaps we find a just a more secure means of transporting it before we just I, I'm given the amount of detail here and the amount of care put into this, I, I just feel it's very risky to just without a plan of how to take care of these things and transport them to just run off back into the jungle with it. I I do see your point, and now that you're correct in the fact that now that we know the path we can document this way directly back to someone to retrieve this when it comes time. If we put these things in a pack, don't take them out. No one will know we have one, so no one will know. I think chat wants you to Bob Riley pack. again. <laughs> I'm, I'm I pick just up saying. the box and I put it in my pack. Uh, okay. Okay, but think about it. Look, look at my brother's oh, I thought pack. about it. Look at how much sand he has he has dropped. What if that was the contents of of the ritual. What do you What do you want to do, boss? I I should believe I, hang on to it? I believe that you should hang on to it and that Riley I I really understand your where you're coming from and I really appreciate your viewpoint on this. However, I think that the time to use these components is faster than we wish. And so I think it will be more convenient for us to take these components Take them to a secure location, for instance, back in Gaim or in Udral, somewhere that we know someone trustworthy can guard them. And I, then from there, continue on our quest and retrieve these documents from a secure location that we are more comfortable with. You're the boss, so it's your decision. I'm just saying I think it's 
very risky considering the amount of progress you and your team have made over the years and, and the amount of effort other people have put into this to risk carrying it for a couple of days across the desert when we, we we know our luck, all right? At least when I'm with you guys, it seems bad luck has hit us at every turn. And while we have made it through, all it takes is for somebody to drop and have that potion break open or or for the box to break in a combat scenario and 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 the rock to roll out of its cloth i walk up to riley and put a hand on her shoulder it's not bad luck it's opposition and we're going to be against it until this is all over well that's worse because opposition sentient it is what over. Would... A voice booms from the door as a silhouette darkens the light that's coming through. You all turn to look, and the projected image of an aboleth floats there in the air, looking towards you, holding the um, the the components of the cataclysmic ritual. And then, with a great whoosh of wings and a smashing noise, a dragonell lands on the image and disperses it. The dragonell like snorts a little bit. And Elaine Mollusk hops off the back of it and goes, sorry, was I interrupting something? What is happening? Uh, do, Who are you? R- Radford, do you still have the components? Hi. Uh, yep, they're right here. Uh, Elaine, did yeah. you see the projection of the abolith just now? Oh, is that what that was? Do you mind if we bop you for safety? She holds out a hand. Alan will pop her. <laughs> she she takes it and seems completely un undisturbed, unbothered, whatever. She says, uh, "I was I was actually sent with news from Central Urida, but it seems convenient that I've arrived now. Should we leave? Let's leave at this moment. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes. Yeah. This, uh, I, you know what? Yes, I agree. I all of a sudden, this was not safe for traveling through the jungle in the desert." Great. And she hops back up on the Dragonelle <laughs> with its four guys ventures and vibes bandana tied around one of its massive Dragonelle legs. Um, oh, the rest of you oh climb dear. up behind her. The The Dragonelle oh. ha- appears to have developed a harness of some kind. Um, it's a uh, like a like a net almost that's kind of wrapped around the side so you can hang on to the net to climb up. And then there are little like buckle points so you can kind of like clip a buckle onto it and strap the buckle around your waist or whatever. So you don't fall off the Dragonelle. Uh, um, as Alan straps on. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, can I can I just hide in your, your pack a little bit? I just nope. I'm a little worried about my and wings. Grab, grabs one of the buckles and like loops it around her and like clips it on. I, well, no, if you my, fall my, off, you can fly. I'm worried about my wings. They're, they're very thin. And they'll be fine. Sister. I, I, you say that, but. We fly normally at a much slower speed than this. I I don't want my wings being torn off. The the um I, day, sister. The 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 um <laughs> freckled face of a gnome woman with kind of like a little round nose appears directly in front of yours like she was climbing down to you so she just appears right there and Elaine Mollusk says, "Not to worry, we have something for the smaller folk." And she pulls out a different kind of harness and clips it and you can see that it's actually meant to like slide over your wings. So there's like a oh. a whole section of the harness that's like hollowed okay. out for wings. Wow, this is- this is happening very fast. Um, if you think what this I, is fast, just wait till we take off. And then she no, climbs please. back up and she goes, no. let's go, let's go. Let's go. She holds up her finger and she just snaps oh once and the dragon elf, boom, huge wings out to either side, boosh, lifts up in the air and launches itself into <laughs> in, the sky. 
in in the air, oh, probably when he can't really be heard very well because of all of the whipping air and everything. Alan's going to go, is there a particular reason why we didn't fly one of these two here? <laughs> Elena either doesn't hear you or ignores you. <laughs> so you. So you fly higher in the sky. Once you are up to a decent enough height that you can be fairly confident the projection of the Aboleth won't reach you here. Um, the Dragonelle begins kind of coasting over some of the hot air currents coming off of the Southlands desert. And Elaine Mollusk takes the opportunity to talk to you. Things have been progressing quickly in central Urda, And I have some news that I thought I should maybe bring in your direction because as I said, things are progressing quickly. Uh, so I was sent by Laredith to let you know first that she has finished construction of an apparatus that she believes will allow her to rejoin the seven pieces of the rod of seven parts together. Should we be able to find them? Um, she and Randy have been working hard on it since you left and the, well, even since before you left really, um, and they couldn't get it to work, but then I showed up and I fixed it. Just kidding. She's an avatar of OR and they got it working just fine without me, but I'd like to take some of the credit. Uh, that, so, so that's one thing. That's the good news I'm supposed to bring you. Unfortunately, everything else I have for you is bad news. First, if you look to your right and she begins like miming a tour guide, if you look to your right, you'll see an army and you sure can see like over the plains of Eastern Urida, there is a huge army. Um, the, the army stretches out far enough back that you cannot see the end of it. Um, and the behind it and dotted around are those lights you saw in the night that you thought were like villages lit by torchlight. You can now see from up here that they are various holy sites and shrines that have been destroyed and are now this oh, massive no. bonfire over each one. An army similar to this has also progressed across most of Western Urida. The reason I was sent to fetch you is that they seem to have figured out that Thraxenhaus domain is where the other avatars are being hidden and they are now marching in that direction. And that is also the direction we are going to repair an airship. Yeah, that mm. is convenient because uh, that is that that is where the problems I think will be next. Uh, I also have news from a she pulls up a, a little sheet of paper where she has all these notes she's been reading to you. But you can see these are not like dues notes. These are like really hastily like chicken scratch scrawled <laughs> notes that she was probably writing as she mounted the Dragonelle to fly out to you. It's like trying to read it. She like pulls out a, a little set of reading glasses and puts them on and squints at it. These don't really help. She takes them off and tosses them off the side of the Dragonelle. Um, <gasps> Uh, a, a gunner, a, a gunner reports that, uh, the, the, uh, armies of Udril have had to evacuate the kingdom. Um, Udril, uh, itself has fallen, but, uh, thanks to your timely efforts in Gaim, they were able to, uh, arrange for asylum there. And so the king of Udril and most of his clansmen and countrymen have been ferried there, uh, by, uh, amazingly enough, a, a team of caterers uh, who uh, are from the draconic <laughs> state of Fladena. Uh, they developed these harnesses, and she points down to the net thing, so that they can take lots of refugees on one dragon's back. Um, so they've been coordinating a, a sort of evacuation from there. Gaim is getting very full, by the way. The queen is not pleased. Uh, and <laughs> she, like, rolls the, the paper back up. Let's see if there's anything else I need to share with you. Um, nope, I think that's all of it. I, I don't mean, uh, to, um, change the subject, but what, what about the, not to be rude, but the corpse we're dragging. Corpse? Uh, Who died? Do, do. Oh no. She looks down and like finally like takes in the fact that you're carrying the corpse of, of do Bumblefoot. But if she's dead, don't you need her to get the, the components of 
um, of of your ritual. Did leave stuff did leave stuff we have those. I just, I just. Uh, Radford uh, has them secure. Are are we able to slow down? I don't, I don't like this. I don't think slowing down would be wise at this point in time. Um, but when we get, we we can stop in Gaim, and I'm sure they will take care of her. Yes, that, they're a that respectful, civilized good. folk in Gaim. Much as I hate to say it, I mean we in Tumbleweb innovate faster, but you know, we we and the we believe or we hope, we hope that from Andromeda. From Andromeda. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we love what news from delay. the north, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we hope that uh, the components. Perhaps we can leave the components in the notes of the spell with Laredith, and they will be safe with her as well in Gaim. Yes, that is a good um, idea. Oh, this is important. Laredith uh, told me to tell you that the Aboleths don't know about the cataclysmic ritual because it's never been used before and it was discovered in this era, which the Aboleths mm. were banned from until they forced their way in. So it is critical that we not give away the ritual that we're, that we're trying to complete to the Aboleths. They... What what do they? What do they know of the? Well, I that is something I will discuss with Laredith. What do they know of the Rod of Seven Parts? And do they know? Could the they, Rod of Seven Parts has been used to ban them from every existence in the past. Apparently, okay. but they don't know that about this specific ritual. Right. They know about these components, though. They know though you they, have some components. You didn't yes. say what the ritual was, did you? While that no, thing was, there was standing there, there it was too fast, and they wouldn't oh, have been able to get as good of a look. Um. I'm going to cast speak with animals. Okay. I want to talk to the dragonelle. Okay. <laughs> um, sir, can you, can you fly like a, a, a little smoother? I, I just, I don't like when other things are flying me specifically when, and I'm not flying. And, and, and you're, you're very good at what you're doing. I just, I would feel a little safer if you were a little smoother. Radford um, um, and Zopf both hear like these weird screeching sounds, but Alan can understand perfectly. <laughs> Alan will like, uh, <laughs> can, can, does it enable Alan to talk, to speak with animals back to the, no, no, no. You can the, only comprehend Darianna. the languages. Okay. Then Alan will just say to, uh, to Riley, uh, I believe that is a bit rude to insult the creature that is ferrying you across its method of doing so. I, I think am not that trying is speed common. is of the utmost support. <laughs> the the dragonel turns its, you know, it's big long neck kind of swings around so that it's like face to face with, um, with, with Riley for a second. And it, you know, it veers a little bit to the side, like, you know, like texting and driving or whatever, like it's not looking where it's going veers a little bit to the side okay. as it leads back to look at you, but it has this big dopey grin on its face and it goes, <laughs> don't worry. And it gives you this huge, like sloppy dragon lick, like, and then it turns oh, back around, okay. so you're now soaking and in your harness. It turns back around, course corrects, and then keeps Ooh, flying at the same cold. speed. Ellen, Ellen, <laughs> Ellen's sister's Ellen's just like sister's scared of heights. Scared of heights. I'm not scared of heights. I am specifically scared of not being in control. We're in heights. We have wings for you a can reason. Fly. 
Yes. All, all of a sudden, the dragon elf folds its wings in close to its body, tucks its <laughs> head, and diving. dives. Oh, sure. <laughs> no. uh, beneath you, you can see a different mountain range. This one, the more like normal green and brown colors of central Urada, getting much larger, much faster. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Here comes the dragon elf. As it flies down towards the mountain range, you can see that it is not slowing. It doesn't appear to be coming in for a stop. Okay, Instead, okay, the dragon elf plunges off. through <laughs> okay. what was once a reservoir, one of the reservoirs up in the mountains. It has been emptied out to create an entry and exit basically ramp for dragon elves. And so the dragon elf just oh straight into Gaim past the, you know, 1100 um, feet of, of, you know, aqueduct like tier up here to, yeah, tears with the pendants hanging from each one and the bridges and the pillars are everywhere and all the art and the shiny lights in every direction and the mostly darkness with the shafts of light coming down. And then the dragon elf whoom, slams its wings out and comes to an incredibly controlled stop in front of <laughs> a little teeny okay. myconid with a, a bolt <laughs> sticking out of one side of its little mouth and a beret cap on. And as the dragon elf comes to a stop, the myconid pulls a little bolt out of its mouth, tosses it on the ground floats a spore up and all of you hear it go that was better good flight <laughs> yes, yeah, hello it is you I, welcome back <laughs> like, i have been experimenting with vocal inflections uh, um you know that's very awesome um i'm gonna y'all handle this i'm gonna I imagine, I, I, I imagine Riley, like, you know, it's a very simple harness to put on and off, but in like her haste to get out, it's like, she's unbuttoning it in all the wrong directions. Yes. So she's like all tied up and falling over herself. Thank you, brother. Uh, Riley I would is, just like to say that zoom, zoom, zoom. Here comes the dragon out is Jeb's first children's book that he's going to publish. <laughs> uh, so. Alan will get off the harness and, and approach. Yeah. And, um, kneel down and actually give yeah like a hug like it's it is good to see you yeah yeah it gives you like the teeniest little hug that doesn't reach the whole way around your muscly barbarian neck you know <laughs> it, like just like a little bit around and hugs you back it says everything will be okay have yes. a burrito and the <laughs> four guys burrito <laughs> cart is right behind him <laughs> um i i don't mean to uh dampen the spirits uh but brother um as you may recall we signed a contract to r help you rescue do i believe we have now completed that contract and i was wondering what you would want to do from here on well um um well, I know, well, I know unless there's, unless there's a, a use uh, for Doom's body, I think we should definitely bring it back to the city to, to be memorialized. Yes, I, I, that that will all take care of itself, or we will take care of that. But as for you two, um, I believe you both showed incredible bravery and showed also that you have unique talents that here at Four Guys we haven't used yet so if if either of you wanted to stay on as either a record keeper or an artist or any of those things um we would have use for you i mean well if you don't have brother a record, you brother don't have a record, brother brother stop 
before my brother accepts something without thinking, we're going to have to talk about payment and of course, accommodations, um, and, and other things. I, I think we should work this out. Um, as much as you're trying to save the world, if you do save the world, I would like to make sure that I'm not homeless afterwards. Yes, we will. We will make Bradford. sure of that. Bradford's going to walk up to Zoth and uh, Zoth. Zop And Riley. <laughs> Z-Dog. Yep. And, uh, and just like go down on a knee just to kind of kind of get close to their level. Oh, hello. Riley. Sea yes. dog. <laughs> you You need to be careful. No matter if you stay or go, you've been seen, which means you've been marked. And those two armies are going to be looking for you, and I'm sorry. That wasn't supposed to be in the cards. We were just supposed to rescue and get out. But you needed to make this next move very well thought out and very carefully. Because whether you want to be on this on one side or the other, you are on a side. And the other side, those Abolists, they will pursue you they will do anything to extract any information out of you until you look like her. And he points over to do and do's body. Do's body, which is being carefully covered by cloaks from um, members of the, the gemstone guardians who have, you know, obviously come to see Alan return and, and whatever, and kind of escort him to um, explain his adventures to the queen and, you know, keep everyone updated on events. Um, and they've seen do and have, you know, covered her and everything. So boss, and he yes. goes over to, uh, oh, oh yeah, right. Uh, actually, other, other boss. Um, and he goes over to yeah. <laughs> oh, Alan, Alan yes, will Bradford? like give give kind of a hand motion and then follow the gemstone guardians. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to bring Dew back to life. Do we have enough money in the coffers for a diamond? Now that we have magic back, maybe that that cleric that tried to help with Southcug could do something here. It is possible. I will meet with Joffrey and see if we can arrange for a purchase. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. uh, sister, of course, like, of course, we'll like, go through the contract. We'll through That's the literally contract. my job. Literally but I think this is bigger than us. I agree. I just don't... I Listen, if you think about it, we've been forced into this position, whether we like it or not. Um, as Radford just clearly explained, uh, we really don't have a choice in the matter, um, if we did. Uh, and I, I don't think they really outlined that in the contract beforehand, that we would be um, against armies. Uh, and, and listen, such. Chuckle Cheeks, your hand was forced, <laughs> but it wasn't by us. I I get I, I it's, it's nothing against you. I just want to secure what little bit of future I can. And let's I'd like to I'm hearing about somebody not trusting my contracts. Zell uh, from from uh, services walks up 
Zal's got oh. this sort of like overworked businessy look in her face. This, this is the face that has told a hundred thousand people they're wrong and didn't mind. She's got a cigar sticking out of the side of her mouth, a real one, not a bolt like Yeah uses. She walks up and goes, I never made a bad contract in my life. Come so, over here. I'll show you all the paperwork. We'll take care perfect. of it. I just that you're exactly what I wanted to talk to. Yeah. I'm the one who does stuff around here. These guys, they think about things. I go do things. Come on. And she leads you away to where, you know, there's like a little writing desk or something. Probably back in like a new base of operations for four guys. It's not here on the landing pad for the dragon. Um, I'll go with that. Yeah, all they could afford was this landing pad. And so they had to like put their desk on it and everything. No, this landing pad (laughs) is going to catch up to uh, Alan. Okay. Radford catches up to Alan just as he is being led into one of the. the the barracks of the gemstone guardians you're down on the clockwork tier of gaim um and inside you um you meet up with the the i think it was the gold knight um who you connected mm-hmm. with before um so you you see him again and he says ah yes i shall lead you into the palace um and he leads you past a sneering wigbert and into <laughs> um into the palace down through kind of like the hidden areas and into the bunker where Laredith is I would think um, after saving the city that Wigbert would like us more, but either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Wigbert doesn't like anybody, probably. Um, and and kind of leaves you with Laredith to connect over over your adventure and explain what's happened. The queen comes down, so you kind of have a chance to update her on events um, and to begin talking about your next steps. Laredith fully agrees with Alan that like the next step has to be um, getting to Thraxenhau's domain and... Um, you know, protecting the the other avatars who were there, but also, you know, following Radford's lead on um, trying to find Kay with the airship mm-hmm. um, and and what? putting together the the next steps as far as the the ritual. Okay. What was your question? Sorry. What do we know of Fox and Jeb? Have they returned? They've not returned. Um, there has even been... Back? You tell me, Wash. I think FP would have tried to stay with them with Fox and Jeb because he was a part of the company. Okay. Um, he so FP stayed with them. So only Gunner has come back then from that from that mm-hmm. adventure. Um, Gunner came back with um, the and catering dragons. Uh, yeah, and Bruiser, you're right. Ah. Um, the the catering dragons who have been leading the evacuation and kind of coordinating that that event. Um, no, there's not been any word of what's happened to them, but there have been a number of um, strange events reported by our spies in the West, by Queen Salem's spies in the West that we believe could be connected to them, uh, including the most recent, which is the spontaneous eruption of uh, a mild explosive in the middle of a war camp. Um, we don't really know for certain that that's them, but it seems likely. And she kind of straightens her glasses and looks um, towards the two of you. Um, but wasn't Fox perhaps not interested in continuing the adventure? Although, I mean, to steal three rods and then not involve himself in the adventure is kind of selfish. Well, I... Uh, Fox has gone AWOL. <laughs> I, I believe that if Jeb is with Fox, then they'll find their way to us or we'll find their, our way to them. It's kind of a matter of fate, I think. Unfortunately... Um, most of the West has fallen. The city of Tumbleweb is occupied. The tunnels have been gone through. Um, Aspesh was with the Aboleths from the start. 
and uh, there was a uh, you know a huge explosion. Obviously, as as Fox and Jeb left Stainless, um, we believe that the you know the armies have probably made their way into into that part of Central Uruda as well. We may be standing in the last free nation state uh, in Uruda right now. So that's happening. Well, we must move quickly then. I agree. And I is out of character. I assume the three rods got brought back with Bruiser and Gunner then. No. The three rods are with Fox and Jeb. Oh. Mm -hmm. Then then yes, I truly believe we must find our way back to them. But I think that may happen sooner than we think if we are all forced to Thraxenhaus domain. Is there anything else you needed tonight? You must need some rest before leaving, right? Sleep. <laughs> Places have been prepared for you and your companions uh, whenever they're through uh, their meeting with Zal. And I will see you in the morning. And on that note, tonight's Dungeons and Dragons session comes to a close.